Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Christmas. And today we're going to be talking all things PAX Unplugged. All things PAX Unplugged, baby. 2021. Christmas so, thanks for joining us for episode number 92. Residents of Meepletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his Santa hat. You would see Dean with his red suit and his big old boots. And oh, what's going on? I'm, I'm dribbling the basketball. I'm dribbling. I'm, I'm going up for a layup. I, I shoot the ball, and Dean's big Santa hand rejected. You rejected me. Why? <laughs> for Christmas. Is this a dream you had? I really have no clue. I just, Dean dressed as a giant Santa rejected my shot. Okay. You know why? Why? Because I did a poll <laughs> and I put it on the guild for those who are listening and I put it on Twitter. Oh, we're jumping right into and, it. Oh, man. No. And, and Dean said, text me, goes, is that what you're trying to do the poll on? Rejected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that. Have I? no. It's a, it was a Santa-related poll, and I won't say much more, right? Dean, in the spirit of Christmas. He was like, he was like no, we're, we're, there could be children listening, and it was an uh, inappropriate poll for that. I don't want to go beyond, because apparently we have millions of children that listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> My kids listened in the background, for sure. So you don't want to ruin anything. I don't want to do any of that, but, you know. I shot John down, and I said, no. I mean, totally. No, sir. He rejected me like it wasn't even close. We we will not do that, John. John cried for days. I mean, I immediately was like belly aching to everybody. <laughs> yeah. No other ideas? No no, no other ideas of, of polls? I no, I, I mean, and so... Your heart was broken. I mean, I just... what I The question was a good... I mean, I can't talk about it, obviously. The question was a fun question that I wanted to see what people... And I'm actually relatively surprised at the results if you want to know go look on guild 3407 or go on twitter but we hardly had any votes on twitter because i just stopped like i didn't retweet it or anything because i'm like oh well that's it so there it goes rejected what did you say your name was at the beginning johnny christmas johnny christmas yeah okay Mem we should have made this a christmas christmas <laughs> we should have made this a christmas episode what yeah. am I saying right now? Crippus. Crippus. That's just something new that we're going to do. Instead of a PAX episode. Can we change that? We'll talk about PAX next year. Whoops. Sorry, Whoops. that started playing. I got a couple things to mention before we get into this PAX thing. Okay. Did you see uh, this meme? Okay. I have One seen of, that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen this meme, but it is a salt shaker and a pepper, I mean, a paprika, you know, shaker right next to it saying, hey, nice to meet you. How do you do? You got some nutmeg saying, sup. The garlic saying, Yo. You got some pepper saying hi and the oregano saying chow. And the tagline is season's greetings. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> but the last thing I want to say before Dean says something is that I, I cannot use the language on this, but I thought it was a pretty appropriate. I want to hear your thoughts about this. <laughs> it's a picture of the Grinch. I send this to Dean. Uh, the old school cartoon Grinch. Maybe the Grinch would be nicer if every five minutes a dude wasn't singing songs about what a piece of trash he was. He is, yeah. It's very true. I've thought Don't about that. 
Do you ever You're see, a it's, mean one. <laughs> like it's like the uh, the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen that? Of course, I have. That highlights that. You know, like that's yeah. what the whole movie's about. It's it's highlighting that very thing. Poor like, guy. How would you act if all every time you went somewhere, someone was talking, singing about how terrible Dean is? I would move to a mountain on my own, probably. I know, and you would try to disrupt everyone's happiness. Yeah, if yeah. I'm not going to be happy, nobody's going to be happy. So it's not the Grinch's fault, then. It's not. It's, well, eventually you have to take ownership. Of he does the have to take some responsibility. That that's right. That's the that's what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today. We could we can break that down in our in our uh, uh, Christmas movie episode. No, we never did this. <laughs> we didn't do that this year. Have we done that any year? Uh oh, I hope you're popular. You made me stop talking. A, you got to be careful with that mic. You made me stop talking because I I don't know what happened right there. You don't have your pantyhose on. I see it on on there. We don't have our. I don't have my filter. I don't know where it went. It fell off. Your pop filter. Uh oh. That's okay. It's gone. You just got to be careful with your hose. All right. All right. Okay. So we were talking about packs unplugged today, and we went there. <laughs> yeah. We went there a couple oh, weeks the look ago. Look on your face. Here's here's how all this went down for us. Okay. We had planned to go to Origins during COVID. Didn't happen. We're like so excited because that was going to be our first like. Big con, right? We, sure we've was. never done anything like that. We've only done like a local con, playing games and all that. So we were so bummed about that. The first opportunity we had was this year at PAX. And we were hype because we had been wanting to do this for years. And COVID slowed us down. No more COVID. No more. You're not going to do it anymore. Yep. We went. We did. <laughs> we did go. And was it fun? I guess those are things we'll be talking about today, huh? Yeah, so we're going to break down the games that we played and some of the people we met and all of that sort of thing. And then at the end, we'll kind of, you know, unpack it all. We're going to we're gonna break it. it all down. We're going to talk about, you know, how this made us feel. What, 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 what kind of feels feel we like? got from Do we want to go back again? Is these, here's, a, here's the cool thing, y'all. We are going to be talking about, remember the 12 days of Christmas? The 12 games of PAX. 12 games today. So for those of you who like, I know that we've done some of the rapid fire episodes and actually we tend to get pretty good feedback on those. Maybe we should just do more rapid fire. We can't because we're not going to play 12 new games before every single podcast. But that's what we're doing today. We're doing it. Although it's kind of like 11 and a half because one we're not going to talk about for very much. We'll just mention that we played it. Oh, yeah. And actually, I didn't write down the one. I think it might be 13. A baker's dozen. So even better. That's the baker's dozen. All right, let's start it, man. You want to go? Yeah, it's and I've got another one in here. There's no reason not about. to. That's, uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So first thing we're going to talk about is Rolling Realms. We get to the we get to the airport, and we're like, hey, we're going to play games. Let's go. That's what we're going to do, because that's why we're here. Let's just jump into it right away. And so we played the new Rolling Realms. This is kind of the, the new hotness that I just, it came in the mail like the day before or something like that. This is a Stonemeyer game. And this is a roll and write game that was originally designed as a free print and play that you could mm-hmm. get during COVID so that people could have a, you know, a free game to play. And, and, you know, then they boxed it up and sold it and it just released in this game. Hey, I want to say too, by the way, oh, we didn't even start. Go, but if you go to mini Mart or whatever, this is $16. That's a, that's very affordable. Yep. That's all. I mean, yeah, if you're kind of wondering, should I get it or not? I mean, it's probably worth the $16 flyer. Go you ahead. think they want to hear about how it plays? Or they if do, it's good but or I'm just saying, like, like I was, I was really surprised mm-hmm. when I saw that how cheap it was. Yeah, not that there's a ton in the box or anything, but I'm like, any game from like, I mean, that's a Stonemaier game too. You know, oftentimes 
you know, Jamie does great components, and it's some, and, a and little usually, pricey or something. Not, it, I, think I don't he, know. He, he has I good deals he, for what he puts well, out gonna, there. For what he puts out, I think it's great prices, but I'm saying it's often a little pricier just because he wants to up that component level. Yeah. And that's fine. I got what you're saying. Yeah. So in the box, all you have are two chunky dice and then a stack of large tarot-sized cards that are that are the glossy finish on there so that you can use markers, dry erase markers to write on there. And the, and the game comes with dry erase markers. And what you're going to do is you're going to roll two dice and it's going to have two different numbers or two of the same numbers. And you're going to write those into the different cards. Now in the setup, you have each card has a different Stonemeyer game, which I think is pretty clever. So you might have you pick three cards. So you might have in the first round, you might be playing Viticulture and Scythe and Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig or something like that. Okay. And then you fill in numbers on a card, fill in one number on a card, and then fill in another number on another card. You can't write on the same card twice. But each card is going to play very differently. And you're basically trying to get these stars that are at the bottom of the cards. And that's going to be your victory points that you're going to get as you score from round to round. So like in Viticulture, I might be trying to make wine. And if I make wine, I get to write down a star on there. And then you play three rounds of this. So you're going to play nine different games, like nine different cards throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. And then scored up at the end of the game, whoever has the most points, which, by the way, we won't talk about who had the most points in most of these games because we, we know, right? I got destroyed in this game. <laughs> Jonathan well, was also I'll, playing this. It was uh, I didn't sorry, do well. Jonathan, who was who was on the if you saw the live uh, video and you've seen him on other things before. We talk about him all the time. It was John, Jonathan, and myself that flew up there. We met Darren. You'll hear his name. He he that's flew right. in from uh, Indianapolis, and so uh, Meeple Town grew a little bit more this weekend. That's right. Our hearts grew because Darren has not done any had not done any media with us. And there you go, Jonathan had, but it was it was great. Yeah, we had a blast. Had a, yeah. In this game, I, I had a really good time playing this game. We we started in the airport. We didn't have enough time to finish, so we finished in the in our seats. You can play this on a on a tray table. No problem. You can fit this easily on a tray table. Yeah, in our seats when we were flying. So I, well, here's what I liked about it. Number one, I like how it's in a pretty small box. I also like how you can write on the cards and how you're going to be a lot of variability because three cards are coming out and guess what if you've got nine there's a, that's a lot of different combinations that can happen and i think that's really cool um i thought it was i thought it was good i i want to play it again I, I wasn't like blown away but you know i'm not ever hardly ever blown away by a roll and write but i thought i think people some people are going to just go like love this game especially those who love stonemeyer games yeah. And seeing like Tapestry and, and Wingspan and, and, and different games like that. I think they're, they're really going to like it. I liked it. Jonathan liked it quite a bit. He liked it more than I did, I think. Probably so. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it too. I My, enjoyed it and I want to play it more. That's all I'm going to say before I make kind of a final call. Yeah. At some point, um, depending on how much time, this is one we just purchased, but at some point, I don't know. I'd like to do a video for this one. It'd be pretty interesting. My biggest issue that I had at the time when we were playing it is that some of the combination now so what yeah. happens is you shuffle up like let's say the first game john's going to shuffle up his cards and draw three out and then we all pull out those same three cards mm-hmm. some of those combinations i feel like can be maybe too powerful with each other but it's not like it's less fun because it, it can be right and it's not like oh that's this is an overpowered thing because you're all playing the same thing but like in the example that i'll use is my little scythe i think it was and then scythe maybe i'm wrong about that yeah, actually, it could have been Euphoria. I can't remember I thought now. Pen, 
I thought Pendulum was the one. <laughs> I just, I just, oh, sorry. I'm looking this up, and I'm not seeing Pendulum on here. I'm I think just it's Pendulum that, that was felt overpowering with one of the other ones, with My Little Scythe, maybe. Oh, that's what it was. So My, my Little Scythe, you're getting a bunch of food and hearts, and... Uh, you basically on that's a simpler one so you just like you pick a die and then when you put it in the hex you're going to get whatever good that is and there's only two goods on there there's foods and hearts and if you if you have a 6 from your hearts and a 6 from your food then you're also going to get i think that's how you get the star i can't remember but anyway it's easy to get the food and the hearts and then you're immediately playing those food and hearts to get other things in maybe it was pendulum but it was whatever it was that combination was super easy to get stars throughout that whole time but that being said (laughs) jonathan still destroyed us in that category because he got points from having so many leftover goods you get like a tenth of a point for each leftover good that you have yep well there you go um i am looking here through like some of the ratings and stuff on bgg and i see jonathan's ratings after i rated it i rated it just after one play, like a six and a half. We're not feeling Jonathan rated oh, it. Oh, it's it's better than that. Six and a half. He really? wrote it. Yeah, I thought he liked it more than that, but it's still. You tend to not give Roland Wrights a super high. That's score what I say. Like, don't part. don't listen to me. Like, if you're if you are a big Roland Wright fan, this is I think a easy no brainer to go pick that up for the price for the for the quality of components for the gameplay was fun. I enjoyed it. I just I, I just I'm not gonna pick it up because I don't I just don't like. I just didn't think it was fun enough to pick up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, it was fine. Yeah, I'm glad I picked I think, it up. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I think Jamie did a really good job with this game. Yeah, and there's a lot of variability in how those pair up together. Not that they're all going to necessarily like work super well together, but they're just it's it's interesting. I mean, yeah. and they all play very thematically too, which I think is really cool. Scythe in Scythe you can take the top action or the bottom action, or if you have the resources, you can take the top and bottom action at the same time. Yeah. Just like you can do in Scythe when you're taking those actions, I think that's I think that's interesting. I like that. I think so, no, I agree with you. So from one roll and right to another roll and right, how about All right. that? Let's go. We've already talked about this. this is the this is the half game that I was talking about. Yeah, that's true. We've talked about voyages on the podcast before. Uh, I think when we talked about it, we didn't know how amazing it was going to do on Kickstarter, though. We were the only video for that. That was not bad for us. It was a nice boost. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, we, it was because it wasn't going so well for a while. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh, we're doing just fine. <laughs> no, I mean, there's just times whenever if you if you content created like you're like, wow, we're getting a lot of subs and a lot of views, and then sometimes you're like, what's happening? It's just it's not happening like it was happening. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of interesting. And uh, this one was one that we were, uh, uh, Rory did our logo you know i think you all heard that our new evil town logo which is really great he did a fantastic job they come up with this print and play um game that's only four pounds and this thing had a 100 pound goal and it ended up with 52,648 pounds that's 12,876 backers yeah because everyone was getting jacked up about this idea of paying you know five bucks Six bucks for a print and play that has stellar art. Mm-hmm. That is a fun game. Yeah, you know, you're I, quickly if you didn't hear our other podcast, you're rolling three dice, and basically what you're doing is one of your die, depending on what number you roll, is going to uh, tell you what direction your ship can go. Your other die, you're gonna another die, you're gonna choose to be how many spaces that you want to go, and you have to land exactly on the things in order to get them. 
And the third one is going to be when we can cross off some duties. You're doing your duties on your ship. And I, I have to say that this is up there on my roll and rights just because it's different. You know, just crossing off numbers, going, oh, cross this, cross that. I like Gunshun Kleva. Like, that's really cool. But, like, I've, I've not found anything to kind of beat that when it's just crossing off numbers. That's why I think I'm kind of like, yeah, no, they'll just play that. Mm. Uh, this is kind of cool because you, like, are sailing a ship and you get to see. I feel that a little bit of that sense of accomplishment. Like, look what I did. Look at what my journey was when yeah. I'm finished with the game. Yeah. And I like how there's a race to element, like a race to these uh, three stars that you get and you kind of end the game and stuff. So I, th- I think it's a really fun game, and I'm going to guess it's – um, what do they call themselves? Postmark games, sorry. Yeah. It took me a second. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess you can go to their website probably and, and, and check it out over there. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting that you mentioned like you're going on this journey. When you look at everybody's board afterwards, typically they look pretty different. Ours looked – more similar in this one game that we played with the three of us than than the other games that you and I had played together. Well, they started off more similar, right? Right. Eventually, they they changed the quite end, a bit. It was like the first several moves. I think especially you and Jonathan made a lot of the same exact moves. Yeah, you well, know? I got killed in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the scores were on this one, but I'm sure. Just blame it on airplane. I'm sure brain. we lost to Jonathan. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. Cause I'm looking at Jonathan since you looked at his ratings on here early. He said the negatives is you can get you can get messed over by the bad dice roll if you get close enough to the edge. Which you put that as a negative, which I get that, but you have to plan well for this game. Like you have to plan yeah. to not have that happen. Now, because if you get on the edges of the map, you're gonna have less chance. Like if yeah. you roll a die that's gonna get you to go south or south east or southwest you could be screwed and couldn't do any of those yeah but there are sailors that you can do to manipulate the dice but still i i think that's what the you know how you plan better is yeah there's some decisions in this game sometimes it's like okay i can go down here and get this good or i can go over and get this sailor well the goods are going to give you points and the sailor is going to help you later in the game when you get stuck in situations like yeah. that. And I think in those decisions, sometimes you just have to take the sailor, even though it might not be the best move to make at the beginning. Yeah, uh, I know, think so. Or, you to know, give during, yourself the flexibility. That That's right. But yeah. you're right. We talked about this game quite a bit before, did a video on this, but we both really enjoy this one. This is a lot of fun. He has this one rated a little bit higher than Rolling Realms. Yeah, I'm, I was, I'm actually you're surprised by that. I did. Like, I I would give this, um, I've got it at like seven and a half right now. Okay. Like, I'm definitely usually willing to play. Um, I'm not going to suggest it a ton because I just don't suggest rolling rights a ton. But if I'm going to suggest a rolling right, I I probably would. I mean, for sure, it's it was fun. It, it just feels it just feels different than a lot of the other mm-hmm. rolling rights I've played, and that's why it kind of stands out. Uh, I get what John I get. Jonathan's like, man, you could get kind of unlucky with the dice roll. You can, but it's a quick game, and I don't mind luck as much in games where it's over in 15 minutes. Yeah. And the reality is you're playing the exact same dice. And yeah. so what you yeah. you know, might get messed over by, I might not. We we are doing the same thing. And so like, you know, it That's, all that that kind of luck I don't it doesn't bother me that much because yeah. it's it's all of ours, you know. But I mean then again, depending on where you end up going, you absolutely could like get a really good lucky dice roll and it could help you out big time. But I mean still it's cool art, um, great people that made the game. It's it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, we yeah. played this on the plane, so like we had our own little sheets, and Dean laminated them, and it was easy. Yeah, you just need three dice and then a sheet of paper, and that's and it's it. not even the size of a like eight by eleven sheet of paper. It's even smaller than that. Right, I trimmed it down. You than, trimmed it down. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, 
because you're you could blow off. it up. You can have yeah. the size of a poster. You could, have, you could, you could, you could. A billboard. That'd be crazy. <laughs> a poster that you that'd be awesome. All right, but I, I like this one. I I will say this real fast. I do think there's more variability with the with Rolling Realms than there is with this one. But I think that there's, there's other gonna be maps, maps and stuff there's gonna be more and maps. all that. So um, so that'll yep. change. All right, then we we get to the hotel. We kind of get settled in. We get our badges and all that stuff. Get you know make sure that they see that we're vaccinated and we've got everything ready to go for the next day we actually uh, ran into um uh, uh a few people that night uh monique and naveen from before you play oh, was I did. andy you did. from uh meeple mountain who's a local guy mm-hmm. and, uh went to a, an event that night that was fun yeah it was fun it was crowded <laughs> it was it was just a, honestly it wasn't that fun <laughs> Like it was just crowded. It was just it. It was a lot of content creators, media publishers, whatever, in this kind of small room, and it was really sweaty. It was like a freaking swamp. It was was not. It was was hot in there, but we did get to see a few people that we might not have gotten to see otherwise, like the The champion (laughs) of baseball highlights. Philip, <laughs> Philip was yeah. At it was the really con. good to see him. It was at the con. He was car- he had a baseball shirt on and he was carrying around his trophy for winning baseball love highlights. Like uh, yeah, he's like I love. He's like I'm all in. Yeah. I won. I'm the champ, and I'm gonna let everyone know. <laughs> it was good. It, it was, was good to see him. It was really fun to meet him. And then got to meet Matthew Jude, who is who spent some oh, time yeah. in Nashville. So I said, hey, we would like to game with you. We'll see whether that actually happens, but that would be kind of cool. He had a Nashville Predators hat, and that's what kind of sparked that conversation, I that's guess, right. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's he's talked about Nashville in his videos and almost always has a Nashville hat he on. He summers here at the moment, right? Isn't that what he said? Sometimes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, that was fun. There's a few people meet that we met was fun. The rest of it was pretty like, I was kind of like, can we get out of here? Because <laughs> I'm just turning into a swampy. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so we go back to the room. We were we were done with that. Go back to the room. We were like, get out of here. Let's Steph play Hodge, Steph Hodge was there. Briefly, That's right. So that Steph. was that was good. We'll talk about her later. All right. So we go back to the room, and Darren has. We met up. We had met up with Darren at the airport. He's with us the whole time at this point. We go back to the room, and Darren we, is, by the way, a very tall man that looks like paintings of Jesus. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's got a beard, like long hair, six foot four. I think he said. Is that right? Okay. So I'm not saying that the paintings of Jesus look like he's tall, but the other parts of him looks like it. So just want to, you know, put in your brain what he looks like. Yeah, Darren's a, an old friend. It was good to see him. He's he's listened to us since the beginning, but also he's he's quite the gamer as well. Yes, he is. So he taught us tournament at Avalon. This is one that I've looked at many times, and I've been like, Me hey, too. should I buy this game? I don't know. I don't know if like my family's gonna like it, you know, and or you know whatever. But go ahead, Dean. I just I've looked at this so many times and just not bought it. Yeah, I have too. And this is uh, Sam Healy has this really high on his top list, and always talks about it. This is a trick taking game. John, John and I like trick taking games. Mm-hmm. You especially like love trick taking games, and so I do. But I, I, it's funny. It's like I almost always just go back to like Rook, I, and it's not that Rook. I don't think is just. Some crazy, amazing. It's just like a lot of them have the same kind of feels. And yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I just like the way you bid on the uh, the cards, how many tricks you can win. You know, yep. that's a simple mechanic I like. And so, like, I'll play diamonds or something. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I just won't play it anymore. 
Yeah. This one is a little weird because you're you're it's like an attacky trick taking game. It is. Where you have life. You're trying to bring somebody everyone else's health down and then whoever or one person. So once one person gets their health all the way down to zero, whoever has the highest health is going to be the winner in that game. And it just it feels so different than other trick taking games. And actually yeah. it took me a couple rounds or yeah. at least well, maybe one round to really kind of wrap my head on around what was going on. Uh, because there's some cards in there that basically you're trying to win. Uh, you're trying to to not win the tricks. You don't want to yeah. win the tricks. You want other people to take them because they're going to take health off of their uh, health meter by taking these different tricks. But then there's some cards that you throw in there. It's like, hey, I'm changing it. Instead of being the lowest person that's going to take this trick now, now it's whoever has the highest. And, and that changes things up quite a bit. And there's cards like that that change it. Then after the first round, you have these like power cards that you're gaining to make. It's a catch-up mechanism to make yourself stronger and stronger. That's right. John, you got lots of those cards. Well, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I mean, the, the funny thing was, was that like at least the first hand the first two hands i just got crap cards sorry if your kids yeah. are listening mm -hmm. i got really bad cards and i played the best i could but i was getting whipped but here's what i love about it, the game this part i love is that catch-up mechanism because you know if you're playing a trick taking game you're going yeah some people don't like catch-up mechanisms but you have to have one in a trick taking yes. game because uh -huh. you can just get dealt a terrible hand of cards and you just gotta do your best i mean when you're playing rook you're like i Maybe I should try to win the bid in order to um, get some better cards into my hand and just try it. Or let's just try to set them with my bad cards. But if the game was over after, you know, two hands, you, I mean, two rounds, you'd be like, trick taking games would be not good in my IMO because uh -huh. it's there's a lot of, there is luck involved. But when you play it out over the course of a long game, it balances out a lot of times. Not always. I mean, you can be playing Pinochle or Spades and be like, yeah, Dean just, they just got the cards that, you know, that game. Whatever. In terms of Avalon, they give you a super powerful catch-up mechanism. <laughs> yes. And, like, I, I love that about the game. Yeah. Because, uh -huh. like, I was able to hang in there after two horrible hands and be in the game. Yeah. I wasn't winning, but I, I wasn't – I mean, at the end of the game, I think Jonathan and I lost at the same time, the same round, and you won this game. I did, yeah. You won this game. Hey, Which I'll I had lost a lot of games up until that point. And it's it's interesting because you mentioned that the catch-up mechanism from the cards that you gain, but everyone starts off with their own special ability. Then once you get down to a certain point, you're going to gain this other card that's part of your specific ability for your character. That's true. And I love that piece of it because yeah. it's like, oh, I just lost 200. I'm down to 200 health. And this depends on you know how long of the game you play. I get down to 200 health. Well, I unlocked this new ability that I have, and now I'm even more powerful. That's right. And that's, I It's love like that. the whole idea of if your child was under a car, uh, that you could just lift the car up because you get that super strength because that adrenaline flows. That's what happens in this game. Yeah. It's you're like, Whoa! And then you're good to go. I'm going to go, doo -doo -doo -doo, and I'm going to make you a happy man. I think I'm going to do it. Save 7%. Amazon's choice. $23 for tournament at Avalon right now on Amazon. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I'm about to buy it right now. Now I'm give her rats. Yeah, I'm probably gonna pick. It's this going one up. into the cart right now because I'm like I could play this during Christmas. With the way my family. that's Avalon is that the, that's Avalon. So the way I understand this is is Darren was telling us that they're essentially the same game, but they have different abilities, right? Like yeah. different characters and different uh, ability cards that you're gonna gain. So I think maybe I'm wrong. Can you mix and match those? Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, I, that's, I, that I, was my understanding I, I, that's, too. That's what he said. Now, okay. Darren, you know, could have been wrong. He's a liar. So that's what we noticed. He lied a lot. <laughs> he did. Not. Hey, we, without him, he never does. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. He's a very stand-up guy. Um, 
but I think that that's you know he's not on here, so we can slander him because that's him, appropriate. But he can't defend himself. He can't. He can't defend himself. Yeah. It's like Term of Avalon. He has no special powers. Nothing. We're just slicing him up right now. So you like this one overall enough to buy it? Yeah, it's it's really funny, Dean. Um, this is one of those. We're going to talk about big surprises, big disappointments, possibly. And maybe I'll save it for that. But this is this was a really fun game. Let me just say that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I've been told that I qualify statements a lot. <laughs> Recently, someone has, I've been told by multiple people, John, you're constantly qualifying statements. Like, it's not the greatest game ever, but I really like it. You know, like, no one said, not that you were saying it's the greatest game. It's not the worst, but it's not the best either. And then people are like, what are you even saying? So you're saying this is the best game After ever? After one play, I'm about at a seven and a half with it. Oh, I thought you'd be even higher on that. I, okay. I might be, though. Like, it depends on, like, Here's the thing. I feel like Tournament Avalon is going to be one of those games you have to play with the right people. Yes. And sometimes I have a hard time rating those higher because it's just the people I play with that don't like it, it makes it sours the experience. So yeah. that's a that's I'd never rate games really after I usually put like placeholders after one play, but I don't want that to be the final rating. This could be like an eight or an eight and a half, I don't know. I doubt it. Um but like Rook, my favorite trick taking is about an eight, eight and a eight and a half maybe for me. So like but this was this was the first trick taking game I played in a long time that had a different feel, that I was like, oh, I need I should pick this up. It's it's interesting because you already have to play trick taking games with the right crowd, right? For sure. Yeah, like I for the most part I'm not. This sounds terrible. It I, I would have a hard time teaching a trick taking game to somebody who's never played a trick taking game to, mm -hmm. to teach this game, right? Yeah. Because the the me the mechanisms are so like different than a lot of other games yeah but on top of that then you have this attacky element of it so it's like double whammy you have to have somebody who plays trick-taking games and then also somebody who's okay with these attacky type yeah. games and well just bought it it's not mean though right i don't think it's any more mean than anything well no it is a, a little bit but it's not like over the top like it doesn't it's a, no i mean it doesn't feel me i guess the parts that could feel mean are that there's special abilities where you can divide up cards so, like, I had a special ability yeah. where, like, I was able to take all the poison, I think. Like, there's p cards that do extra damage than certain cards. And I can take those at the end of my turn and just divide them among whoever I want to, however I want to. And so, but all I did was divide them among, like, the people that were winning. Yeah. And, like, except for Darren, who helped me out during the game, and I gave him less. Because, <laughs> I mean, you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch yours. But then I... I can uh, be bribed. But then I attacked him. Remember, the, the big reason why I won this game is because I was able to get a special ability that, for one round, I had to pick somebody, and that person was leading the entire round. Yeah. So they had to play a card first every time, and I was at the very end. That's the big reason why I won that game, but it was Darren that got that attack because he was in the lead at the time. But... But it's it makes sense who you would attack in this game, yeah. and so for me it didn't feel mean, but I I could see somebody having a hard time with it for sure. If you want a game that if you're like a super Euro player like myself, if you want a game that has no luck, that is you know, whatever, uh, really bad explaining this right now. This is not the game for you, maybe. No, no, no. If no. you want a game that you can hoot and holler, and there is skill, no no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. It's not just a straight up. This is the right move every single time. There's certain trick take games that that seem less skillful if you know how to play it. Yeah. There's not as many decisions like, of course I'm going to throw this now. Of course I'm going to throw off. Of course I'm going to lead with this. This one had some other decisions I it feel did. like in the game. Yep. And so I, I I I mean I just bought it. There you go. I just bought that in So Clover. 
So we'll see if, oh, if, yeah. if we may talk about that on the next podcast. There we go. All right. I've never played it. I just, so, so Clover I've never played. So at that point, we're a bunch of old men. We go to bed. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's, I don't know. It may have been late. Yeah, we get, we up, had, get up we, the next morning. Well, we need to tell them about our sleeping arrangements. <laughs> we had a we had a room with four grown men in two queen beds that looked more like full beds. Mm-hmm. And so Jonathan and I slept in a bed together, and Dean and Darren slept in a bed together. I'm glad I didn't sleep with Darren because that's a big guy. He'd probably take up a lot of room. He stayed in his own lane. He was. He I think was, we all did, though. I think we were all kind of on the core edges of our own bed. <laughs> like, like, not that we, like, we're pretty close. It's okay if you touch me. But it wasn't like, you know. I slept really good uh, every night that we were there. I slept okay. I, I, I like those beds. It was, it was comfy. All right. So Get up the next morning, and it is actually PAX time. We're now entering to, into the first day of PAX. We go around and we look at ex- some exhibitors and publishers and you know meet them and all that stuff. And then we we're gonna then we mosey on over to my favorite part of PAX besides meeting people, and that is the first look area. Fantastic. Yeah. So there's other cons. There's certain cons that like Essen and stuff that's all about the news of what's coming out and what we have coming out and and all this stuff and ma- getting some looks at some of the games. PAX, from my understanding, because I haven't been to a lot of some of the other big ones, is really big on now that games, everyone knows they're coming out, they're setting up a huge area where you can play these games that maybe have just come out or haven't come out, but they're coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say come out as many times as I possibly can, apparently. There we go. A couple sentences. So this was my favorite part, because we got to play like all, pretty much from now on almost all the games that we talk about or all the games we're talking about except for maybe one, are games in this first look area that we got a chance to check out. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And part of that is because... Oh, bro, we forgot to put one, Siege of Rundar on our list. <laughs> oh, I was going to get to that. I okay, just, sorry, I, I made a list. list. But I would have made yeah, it. Okay, sure. I'm going to write that down so we don't forget <laughs> to talk about that. That is funny because I talked about it to the point of everyone was annoyed by me for sure, talking okay. about Rundar. All right, um, yes, yeah, so we... <laughs> Wow. You got what I was going to wow, say. Wow, this is tantalizing radio. So, just uh, what it, totally ni- 1923 on, Cotton Club? Totally whiffed on what I was going to say. Well, we were walking what through I was, it. What I was going to say is we purposefully for this one, because we've never been to a big one before, we never we, we didn't book a lot of – we had a few appointments. But for the most part, we really just wanted to check things out and see like how the con worked out. We could have scheduled more of of some plays and and some you know sneak peeks at things. Mm-hmm. We did some of that, and and I, part of me wished that I would have done that more specifically on on some things that I'll talk about in a little while. But now now you know now we know how they work. That's and right. I'm happy the way it turned. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm totally with you, John. I think in the future, now that we know how this is going to work, we might you know book some more of those things sure. and, and be fine. But. Went over to the first look area after that, and after we looked at all the exhibitors, we went through there a bunch, and played 1923 Cotton Club, which was a, a top 10 anticipated game on my list Unless, for SN releases. And a short short on my, didn't make my top 10, but it was kind of on a short list of ones I was definitely looking at. Yeah, all of us were, all four of us were really looking forward to play this, and, and I'm glad we We did. didn't have to argue about that at all. We just saw it and goes, okay, let's play it. No, and so you have the enforcers that come over and teach it. They sound much harsher. I, That's what I they do are. not like the name. You don't like that? No, if there's one thing that I could correct about PAX is like, I, I get maybe you're calling yourself that they do that at all their the packs things i'm pretty sure that i was i think i'm pretty sure they call themselves the enforcers like for every yeah uh, you're every, probably right. i'm yeah. pretty sure that's uh-huh. right so whether it's about video games or whatever but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the purpose is to kind of elevate them like when you hear a name like enforcer in case they need to say 
hey, put your mask up, you know, or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. That people are, like, respectful of what they say. But it just seems a little, like, we're having fun, we're playing games, and an enforcer walks in, like. <laughs> they were all and, jacked, And, and some the of way. the enforcers were less than intimidating when you looked at their stature. <laughs> Including like, the one who taught us 1923. She was very is. sweet Yeah, I, super helpful. Yeah, so I, let's say this. In 1923, uh, Oni Madden, the bootlegger, acquired an establishment in Harlem, New York, named it the Cotton Club. His idea was to use it to sell uh, alcohol, to be a cover to sell alcohol during Prohibition, but the place grew in popularity. People like Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, so forth and so on, uh, became a jazz mecca. S- really neat theme. It is a really cool theme. And the game I, I thought was really cool too. But basically, you've got 16 cards out there. There's four different categories of cards. Mm-hmm. In rows. That's right. And you're going to be drafting these cards. You're, it's worker placement, but you're going to be placing your workers to take these different cards and to um, put them into your tableau. They'll give you immediate bonuses. And then also you're getting these uh, you're getting these symbols on the cards that will help you with the end of the round scoring objectives. And there's prerequisites for some of the cards you're getting and stuff that's like right, that That's too. right. And that's the other piece is, is those prerequisites. Kind of, you got to have that sort of like tableau building kind of thing. Kind of like Seven Wonders. That's right. Yeah, like, it does have that kind of yeah, feel. you got to get the resources to be able to get the cards, so forth and so on. An interesting piece about this, um, the, so the end of the round objectives, every round there's going to be one objective that flips over, and these are hidden. Nobody knows what these are unless you peek and look at those. You also have the opportunity after the first round to play your own cards into that into those objectives. So there, if there I'm are like, six rounds and you're handed three cards, so th- three times over the course of the game you can play these. So you can't play them every round. That's right. That's right. Uh, and you don't have to play them at all. You can hold no. them. You might not like them at all, but uh, more often than not, you're going I mean, to. You kind should of, build your strategy around them. Or you're that's right. You're going to build your strategy around those cards that you're going to get. And so, like, let's say I have a bunch of. Uh, let, I have a card that gives me money for $2 for every saxophone symbol that I have. And I see some saxophones out there in the gameplay area. I'm probably going to put that card out there sure. so that I can start working towards that objective like John was talking about. Yeah. But then you can also peek by taking uh, placing one of your workers on the peak spot and then getting to place that worker again later on on an actual spot. Yeah, It's really cool. I, I really enjoyed this game. I was not let down by it. I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed how that secret objective part worked, especially, and then just like how the different cards worked in different ways. So like one Mm -hmm. of the cards, one of the categories of cards more often than not gave you these uh, crime points, I think it was, and you're going to lose points at the end of the game if you're, if you're high in crime. And so you don't want to build that up too much. Corruption. Corruption. That's right. But, but it's okay to get that as long as you're staying below, especially the top two players, because they're the ones that are going to lose the points. So yeah, and I I love those types of mechanics and games where you're trying to either beat other players and they're going up tracks or trying not to advance that far. I think that's, that's really fun. This game surprised me a little um i was really looking forward to it but there's a this is part of a series of games now from my understanding dean these are different designers right that's right yeah and so like some of the games didn't get great reviews and that's why i was kind of like abrasing myself or uh, i wonder if this is going to be any good but i i really didn't i enjoyed this game it fun like it feels much more of like a drafting game than a worker placement game but you do place your worker you know at some different spots and stuff like that but for the most part a lot of times you're putting them when you put them next to the rows, like the first person, and generally in the spots is going to get a bonus for picking first. Um, the last spot is generally going to cost you more money. I think yeah. it's I think there's like one or two where it's opposite of that. One of them might be opposite of that for some reason or something. Um, but I I thought it was fun and I thought it was solid. I think I'm sitting around a seven and a half. You know, after one play, I would like to play this more. 
could go up, could go down. Speaking of qualifiers, uh, <laughs> it could stay, could stay the, the same. same. The, the the one not the one negative I had to it was I felt like and and sometimes I just need more plays. There are definitely games. Okay, I feel like it could be a little long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my biggest complaint. There are sure. some games though that after you get faster at playing, you're like, oh, this is not bad at all. Like, I'm used to playing. I know where to go, so forth and so on. But I felt like there was a lot of sameness. Like, one thing I think Seven Wonders as a drafting game excels in is the speed of the game and the pace of the game. This one, I think I would have we, – we actually didn't end up playing the last round, remember? Like, we had some other uh, somewhere else to go. We went to see the Shut Up and Sit Down show, I think, is what was going on. Oh, that's right, yeah. But, like, but we were also all kind of like – when I got to, like, the fourth round, I think I asked the team, the group – Hey guys, how are you feeling? Because I'm feeling like I kind of want this game to be over. I've had a great time playing it, and everyone kind of nodded their head, like, "Yeah, I think this should be a four or five round game potentially." And it was six, and that would be the one like pause button or break button I might put to picking the game up. But I have to play it again because I liked it enough to play it again. Yep. And I might I may be wrong about that. Like again, it just maybe it's one of those things where. I need to get faster and you know, let's get faster at the game, but you're I, doing kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know if that would change for me, but I also don't know if that would make me not want to pick it up or give it a high score because of that. Yeah. I, 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 I want to play it again. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. And actually I do want to play some of these other ones too. I know we heard, you know, and, and seem not great reviews on some of these, but they're not all terrible reviews. No, they're not. Like 1906 is a, 7.3 on BGG. 1923 is a 7.7, which is pretty high. But then, like, 1987 is 7.4. So I'm, I'm interested in trying some of these other ones out. You expect something smaller in a small box, but there's actually... It's a pretty big game for the size of box. Not It's not heavy. It's a 2.0 weight. But you get a lot of game for such a small box, and that was one of the really big positives for me, I think. Yeah, I'm, I just I just crack up at how similar, even though Jonathan's way better at board games than I am, our thoughts are. I didn't even look at this, but he rated I rated at 7.5. The rating underneath me, the last rating, was Jonathan Mullins, 7.5. Uh, positives, he likes how it fits in a – and I'm saying this because he was there with us. is why I'm kind of reading some of these that he wrote into here. Um is that it's a seven wonder style and it's a small box. It's a pretty small box. There are yeah. A lot of game in a small box. Negatives literally use the same words. Felt a tad bit long in the tooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, we use and, that same phrase. They're at the table. All of us. I yeah. Think, he also wrote here that he's unsure because of the replay value. You see that mostly the same cards every game. They're going to come out in a different order, but maybe he's hoping to see. Some people will like that because you can kind of plan ahead and know yeah. this card's coming out. Some people don't. That's kind of a personal uh, thing, but. So, anyways, we yeah, have. I think, I think every I think game I've could. looked at so far, we literally rated the exact same. <laughs> it would be boring if this was the Jonathan and John show, because <laughs> we would just rate these games the same way for the most part. Oh, and somebody have to rein you two in too. I think. I guess so. <laughs> but it was a fun game. We all enjoyed this one. Darren enjoyed this one as well. I believe. Then I, I think you're right, John. I think after this, we went to the went to the Shut Up and Sit Down live podcast. It's the first live podcast they had done in a couple of years. And I had a good time there. I, I had a lot of good laughs. It was cool. They're, they're fantastic. Just they all work really well together. Funny stuff. The way that they explain games and bring theme into it with humor is it's unmatched. I think. Yeah. I mean, they they're just so good at it. I didn't. I failed to mention, but Jonathan rated Tournament Avalon. I'm looking here a seven and a half. Oh my <laughs> You guys are adorable. Dude, I'm not even kidding. I think we've so far <laughs> rated every game 
literally the exact same. And I promise you, I did not look at any of his ratings before I rated these. Uh, negatives could be, it could be a little bit swingy, swingy or me and mean. And I don't disagree with that, but I'm fine with that in this game. What I'm really interested in is not our next game that we talk about, but the one after that. Of, yeah, what our what ratings rate are. That, that will be different. Although I think we all had kind of the same feelings on that one too. But anyway, we went from there back into the game room. I think we mm -hmm. probably went and got food in there somewhere. Yeah. There's we'll, a really we'll, cool market. We'll talk about the market. I, we can talk okay. about it now, but I figured we'd talk about it at the end. Well, but that's one of our favorite things of all of Philadelphia. Oh, absolutely. Okay, we'll wait. Okay? Yeah. One, two? All right. We'll talk about all the things we ate. Okay, really quick. <laughs> and then people can talk so, about it at the end. All right, so we played a roll and write again, another roll and write called Riverside. This is a, a was not my choice. I say new release, um, not mine either. Actually, we were looking for something that wasn't available. I can't remember. Maybe that was uh, Zapotec, uh, but I don't know if if that wasn't available at the time. So we sat down to play Riverside, which I don't remember hearing a lot of really positive things about Riverside. Oh, you know, you say that, and yet it's rate, rated 7.3. I uh -huh. mean, it's only got 191 ratings. It's not a ton. But, I mean, that's a pretty good taste in the mouth. 7.3 is a good good deal there. Yeah, but I also hadn't watched a whole lot on this game. I hadn't I, I, had I knew nothing about it, it. I considered it for my list because, you know, this was getting a lot of buzz whenever the SN releases were coming out. Yeah. In this game, you're basically, you are moving up a river and you are trying to you're uh, yeah moving up a river. Everybody is is kind of like dice drafting, but you're not really actually drafting the dice. You're rolling dice, picking a die that you're yeah. going to use, moving the boat a certain amount of spaces. That same boat for everybody, and then you have to choose what you're going to do from there. Where am I going to cross off these circles on my board? I'm going to be delivering these different goods at the harbor, or you're you're going to be like taking these caging these animals i think you're taking pictures of them and and taking the pictures to the harbor i don't know the the theme behind that but it it has a feel of okay it was me so out, john it felt hear, yeah it, it didn't out. feel very themeful no but it has a feel of like that. this thing triggers this thing that triggers this thing in a in a smaller light, scale yeah a, light a very way. light a light way for sure um i don't know if anybody really loved this game yeah it's it. it's i thought like cool idea of going down the river and kind of having a, a board to go along with the roll and write game. But it was just, and I think that some people are going to like that about it, especially those who really like roll and writes. Like that was a little different, like as a ship went across, through the board, but I felt like there was just nothing special about it. And it was mad. I gave it a five out of 10, like, and Jonathan gave it a four out of 10. So there you go. Like, so we did, we did separate a little bit there. Um, he likes that there's combos, didn't feel like the, and I, I agree with him, didn't feel like the decisions were overly interesting. I didn't do super well in this game, but I, I just, I don't know if there was something about it that it didn't feel, it just felt very like simple, like quicks, but I'd much rather play quicks. You yeah, know what I mean? Like I would something that I've already seen, except for the, I haven't seen the going around the river, but that part wasn't exciting enough to make me go, whoa. And it's not even that it felt... Here's the thing. There's a difference between it feeling scripted and not interesting. I didn't feel like it was scripted because no. there's, there's decisions that you can make. But, but it just I, didn't seem that it interesting. It just didn't seem very interesting. I'm yeah. with you. The I, tiles can come out different, which is kind of cool. So, like, when you're stopping at ports is going to be different every single game. But, yeah, all of us were just kind of like, okay. In the plethora of games we played, it was probably – this might have been the – lowest rated even though i don't think it's a bad game i think some people would really yeah like this. I, I don't want everyone to listen and go and i think i mean obviously if it's got 7.3 and there's a there's a lot of very positive reviews here 
but I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, just didn't didn't really do it for us, but but that's okay. Not every game is going to do that. Thanks for qualifying that statement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we went from Riverside, and then we played. Uh, we we left a couple of games off this list there, John. I mentioned Zapotec. We didn't put this on the list either. That's why I was pointing at the paper. When oh I said shoot! That. Yeah, okay, never mind. When I talked about twelve days of Christmas, it was definitely not that. But I think like, like fourteen days of Christmas. Brian Boru is the next one that we had played. High King of Israel. This uh, Ireland, Israel. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I was looking at the sheet when I said that and just started like, you know. Wow. Yeah, the, yeah. coming out. The minister's coming out in me. I there think. it is. How All about right. that? So High King of Ireland. This is a not a trick-taking game. That's how you describe it. It's a it's a not trick-taking game. If Steph Hodge hears you call it a trick-taking <laughs> game, she's going to be mad. It is. It has trick-taking feels. That's what I would say. And And technically... You're not taking a trick, but you do take the action for having the highest trick. So that's why it is a, that's why it is a trick-taking game. But basically, it's a card oh, playing. You would game. call it a trick-taking game? Um, I, I don't. I, I, I no, actually. And let me tell you why. Because I go. I went into this thinking it was a trick-taking game, and I was let down because of that piece of it. I I had expectations of what yeah. it was supposed to be. And it, those weren't met because my expectations were unrealistic. Yep. This is basically a card playing game. You're going to start off with some cards in your hand. In a five-player game, you're going to play all but one of those cards. I think you start off with five and you play four cards. And you're going to play the card for the action. Now, somebody, whoever's the first person that plays a card, not everyone has to follow suit. You can play anything you want after that. But if you do follow suit and you have the highest number of that suit, you're going to win the the top version of the action i was going to say it's not even necessarily the better action at the top it's just a different action sometimes it's better but sometimes it's not what you want to I mean, do yeah depending on situation a lot of times it's better but situationally it's not always the best i think i only won one if you call it a trick the entire game and i won the game i but, think well the I other piece right. to but, that so is, you don't have to win that to do really well that's right but that. the piece to that also is that the lowest number card goes first yeah. So you might want to go last. That's right. But uh -huh. oftentimes you don't because it is an area control type game and you might really want to go to a certain spot or do something. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. That's so an, go into that. It's an it's area an control. Yeah. Word. It's an interesting combo. Yeah. So you are. You're going out and you're, you're spreading your I don't know what it, the theme is. You're spreading your influence or something um, to these different provinces or you're battling for them. I have no idea. Um, but the scoring at the end of the game is interesting because if you have the most in a province, you're going to score, you're going to get this little score token, which is really cool. But also, they're scoring in the game for being spread out in all the provinces, right? So you can get points that way. So there's different ways that you can score points for this. And there's also ways going into the the chapel or whatever that's called, the monastery. I don't know what, I can't remember what that part's called. But yeah. like that you're getting points over the course of the game. It's not a high scoring game. Like winning was what, 30-something, 40-something points? Maybe 40-something points was the winner. The last place was 20-something points. So it's nothing where you're getting tons of points. Um, but you're playing 60 to, 90, 60 to 90 minutes, it says on there. I, Dean, I I want to play this more. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I played it, and Dean and I both went, I don't like this game. Yeah. And then since then, we've kind of been like, mm, I've thought about it a lot more. And that usually is a really good sign. Yes. Because it's there's something about it that's drawing me to think about it more. I think we played it at five, and Steph Hodge would say, and even Jonathan, I'm seeing his ratings here, it's a little too chaotic at five. It's the same 
if you've heard me talk positive about Renature, I don't like it at four. It's just there's too few turns, too much riding on a turn, and I think there's more luck involved because of that, of when you get things because of the high player count. I don't think I'd play this at five again, but I'm intrigued to play it at three. I'm intrigued to play it at four. Yeah, I, I this is a tough one. Yeah, there's the, the things that I felt about Riverside while we played this game are some of the same things that I felt during Brian Brian Boru. It and that is mm. some of those interest some of the decisions just were not very interesting to me. And that was taking the action to put influence in the the different areas. True. To put it in the I, I get that. the monastery to put it in the battle or whatever. Those did not seem very interesting. But again, I, I the reason why I think I keep going back and thinking through this is because I had expectations that this was going to be a trick-taking game, and that element is just not there. And I think yeah. it does a disservice when you're explaining this game as mm. a trick-taking game to somebody who really enjoys trick-taking games. I think that you're you're going to set them up for failure because the expectations are going to be off. Yeah, That's what happened to me. I think now going back, I think that some of the decisions are interesting, more interesting. But here's the thing. I The part that I also didn't like is that you don't really have to focus a whole lot on the area control piece of this game to gain those points at the end of the game. And that, I say that because you start off, okay, you start off, I think with 10 points, right? You start off in the 10 point category and then our high, I think I won at 33 points if I remember right. So 23 points you're going to get in this game. About 10 of those I got specifically from just gaining points in, in influence in the monastery and the other different places, right? Because you just get a straight-up point, potentially. I mean, there's some... Yeah. The way I was doing, I was getting a point every time in those two areas. Mm-hmm. And so, every round, mostly, I was getting two points just from that. And so... Yeah. Some people are going to like that about it, though, I think. Like, you just can't let somebody do that. And yeah. I think that's what... You, you all let me win in that area. Because we were focused on battling, in the out, battling it out in yeah. the territory. So... But I think some people will like the fact that, hey, if you don't want to do that, you could still score points other ways. Yes, you nailed it. And I think I would too, John, because yeah. I now have a different expectation in my mind. I think, oh, I'd play okay, sure. I can't let somebody run away in this area, yeah. but I also can't let them run away on the board, and I need to focus a little bit on the board and those areas. So yeah. I, I think that's the part where I really want to play this game again. I think I'm going to like it better than I did after my first play. Yeah. And I, I think all of us felt that way. I think yeah. we were talking about it the next day, and it just kind of came up like, I really want to play that again. And I think that's a good sign, like you said. So I I really want to give this one another chance. But right now, it's not, it wasn't super high after my first play, but I feel almost completely positive, uh, confident that it's going to be higher in my next play. I think so. Jonathan gave it seven and a half. That's where we differ. I've given, I'm I'm at a six and a half after that play, but I've thought about it so much. This could be a seven and a half or an eight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really, that is really thin ice, or I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I can't. I don't think at that player count, with the expectations I had to come into the game, my mind was in the right place for it. Yeah, I was probably more at a six playing this one, but I, I, I have a hard time. I haven't given my ratings on any of these. Riverside, I was about where you guys were. Um, but this one, I was more at a six, but I think it could be up in exactly yeah. what you're talking about, seven and a half, potentially eight, depending how those future plays play out. So hopefully somebody picks this one up. We might pick this one up because I really do want to review this one and, and check it out at some point. Yep. 
There you go. All right. Then we I don't know if we're doing this in in order at all. It, it's 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 pretty close actually. Okay. So then we we went over we played uh we played a, a simple kids game that we didn't I don't think we played right so I'm, we're not going to really talk about yeah. that one. Then we're gonna, we played Magellan which is a bidding game, a pretty simple bidding game. This is a wait 1.33 where you're just playing cards down or passing. So I play a card, and if I'm, I'm bidding on these three different colors, four in the, the player count that we were playing. Mm -hmm. And basically, they have point values on there. And we all have the same deck of cards, but you draw up a... Well, what is it? Seven cards? You have seven I don't remember. Cards. Something like that. Five, six, seven? I don't remember. Yeah, you're going to draw... Potentially, you could have more cards than other players, but... I'm just going to play a card. Because you save them from the next round. If I play like a red Last round. a red four, that means I'm bidding on that red number, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, four uh, is the highest victory points that you can get from those. Yeah. And it goes down to one. And then that's it. You're just going to do that through several rounds until your, you know, your, your cards are going to be gone. And that's it. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. Very simple. I quite enjoyed this one. I, I didn't. I didn't love it, and I had some negatives about it. The last round on this one, it made me feel kind of mad on it, I guess. But leading up to that last round, I really thought this was a fun game for what it was. Hmm. Yeah. I. I it's kind of weird. Like I thought that it had some like the 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 clever part to the game is that every card actually has two different sides the top part and the bottom right part. yeah so you might have a blue five and a green three at the bottom and so you play it as a blue or green that was really clever uh, it was kind of weird i got these weird feels because i'm just kind of like i've seen this before I've, there's other games i would rather play i think they did a good job on it i think it's cool that it's a light easy to play game if it was earlier in my i don't don't want to sound snobbish or you know if it was earlier in my gaming life i think i might have really liked this game you know like yeah that's cool that's but like i've i feel like i've just seen this kind of stuff done i i give it a five like what is that like meh kind of like uh I oh i'm definitely higher on it than um that. Uh, average game slightly boring that take it or leave it that's how i feel that's exactly what jonathan gave it as well <laughs> like it's fine i'm not going to like turn down games all yeah i will i'll be like you know let's just play something else so the problem with this one is is you're right there's other games in this category that i would rather play i would rather play biblios i would rather play for sale and it's we didn't kind talk of about that, biblios which we played that same oh we did teach too, that's fine. Uh, we taught darren biblios as well he had uh, that was fun right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was just say I, I enjoy biblios and i hadn't played it in a couple years and i played it again and went yeah i like it yeah Still enjoy it. Much better than this. And this fits in that same category. And I would much rather play both of those other games than sure. this one. But for what it is, you're right. Had I played this one first, I probably would enjoy it more. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. higher than a five. I'm not like a 10 or anything on this or I don't know where I'm at. But but I enjoyed it enough, well enough, maybe like a I don't know, six and a half, seven or something like that. I had fun with it. I'll say that. I think it would the place it would Six fit is if you're is playing with, with non-gamers or new people to the hobby. It would be not be bad to have a little small box. You can just throw the game out, play a game. I just, I don't know. There's, there's too feels, many other games I've played that. The positive of this one is it feels tense the entire time because you're bidding against the other players. And, and I like that. I think it's really cool because you're like, I'm wondering if I'm able to actually get this. Now, if you lose the bet, you just take your cards back in your hand. That's not a big deal. But I still think it game the game felt very tense and fun for me. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how I feel about like carrying the cards over to next round and stuff like that. Like some, like you said, it can be anticlimactic. Like, well, Dean's got the most; he can win it if he wants. 
I mean, I guess you can. He can make the decision if he really wants to win it, and should he win it and stuff. So that's why I think it makes the last round especially not interesting. Yeah, because because you there's really no know. reason to hold it. That's right. That, I totally. That's I remember the so last round. You probably round know kinda, what everyone's going to win. Yeah, it's just kind of like okay, he's the most green. I know that she's got the most blue, so she's going to get it. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. There All could right. be more than one color card of the same color though, but then you're just going to go for the highest value, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was after one play. Who knows? It could play out totally different in other plays. But I, I, I don't imagine that I'm going to get maybe even any more plays of that one. But not because it's bad. It's just because there's lots of games that I would rather play. The designer that did this did um, Coloretto and Zularetto, just so you know. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. I, I've never played Coloretto, but I like Zularetto. There you go. All right, then that was it, right? I think we, I think we called it at that point. Mm -hmm. I think so that night. Yep. Yeah, so the morning time comes, and Dean's off doing something with Darren. You know, they're having their guy time. We actually divided and we divided because I guess Dean will talk about the game. That There's a game that he was really wanting to play at Restoration Games booth. Um, actually, I'll, I'll briefly mention before I talk about this game, I went to Capstone and Dean and, Dean and I, sorry, Jonathan and I were taught Glass Road. I've never played Glass Road. But at their booth, they were trying to like, which I totally understand, they wanted people, a lot of people to experience the game so you weren't playing whole games. So we played, I think, two out of four rounds of Glass Road. And I thought that that game was fun. Um, really cool mechanic. Dean, you've played this before? Or yeah. No? Uh -huh. Really cool mechanic with the way the resources. Um, you're kind of on this resource wheel. And if you gain, if you spend some, you could actually lose others. You know, it's like it's, it moves it around. It's kind of hard for me to explain. I don't want to go into detail in this game. Anyways, it was felt like a lighter weight, quick, clever um Uva game, Rosenberg mm -hmm. game. And I liked it. Uh, I didn't pick it up. It was 60 bucks in the capstone booth. And I just kind of felt like eh, it's a pretty expensive game. Yeah, isn't for, it? For, yeah. For how like quick it is. And like, I, I don't know how much they had. And I didn't get to see the whole box, but I was just kind of like, I went and looked it up. I think it's going to be in the low forties and other places. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait on this. I wasn't blown away by it, but I was intrigued. So yeah. then we moved over and a game that I was really excited to play is it's a wonderful kingdom. Uh, Dean and I have played It's a Wonderful World. I'm pretty high on It's a Wonderful World. My wife loves It's a Wonderful World. Um, and the It's a Wonderful Kingdom is the two-player version of this. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's a drafting game that you're going to be, you know, getting different types of cubes or whatever to build buildings. And those buildings are going to give you an engine, potentially. And they're also going to give you or only give you in-game scoring. And it could just be like straight points. You get 10 points. Or it could be you get two points per castle card that you have in your um, in your tableau or whatever. But it's 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 a pretty simple game. Um, but also one of the things of It's a Wonderful World and Kingdom is every uh, round you're going to be saying, who gets the most yellow cubes it's i think yellow is money you know i'm not you know in white is like building or something like that or hammers or something but whoever gets the most gets a bonus which I, which is always a really fun piece to it because you're you want to get those bonuses you know i think you could win sometimes i don't know you got to get some of them uh, Dean, you whipped me. Remember when we played It's a Wonderful World and yeah. you whipped me because you were getting those every single time? It's but, why I didn't. I Actually, I didn't care for it at two based on the, our plays of two. So anyway, that, yep. yeah, <laughs> what well, am I saying right now? Well, yeah, so I didn't love it at two. How do you make a, a, a drafting game maybe more fun potentially at two player or better, some might say? Uh, you do I split, you choose. And so the way that this works is there's a, a board in the center, and on your turn, you're going to play two cards. You could play one on one side, one on the other. 
two on one side, zero on the other. And you might say, why would you do that? Because the cards are going to carry over. So like if Dean picks the left-hand side, if there are any cards on the right, those stay there. And then Dean's going to play two cards, and he could choose the left side or choose those cards on the right. But what makes this game really intriguing is you get, I think it's called corruption. You get two corruption or catastrophe, something like that cards that you lose four points if you have one. Um, you get one of those, and your opponent gets one. Sorry, there's two that's in play every round. But here's the thing. You get two of these little tokens that allow you to, when you eye split, you choose, flip over the card. And you can do that twice per round. So you could flip over maybe a card you really want, and you don't want Dean to see it. Because if Dean sees it, he's going to be like, I'm snatching that up. John can't get any more of those points. You also might want to put one flip over that corruption card, which is almost all the time. Hardly anyone, Jonathan or I, like, just put it out there. Like, And so there's always this like um, imperfect information challenge. Like, oh my gosh, is he putting that corruption there? Or is he trying to you know, get a card that uh, he wants or he knows that I would definitely take, you know? And so maybe you're enticing a sweetening the pot on the right side going, I hope that he takes that. Let's give him, I'm going to give him both cards because I know on the left underneath that card is a card that I want. Is he going to risk the corruption or just go for something that he knows? And that's cool. It's really, really cool. Um, I, I'll say that it does slow the game down a little. Like drafting is very fast. I look at my cards. I picked a card. Boom. There's definitely this head game that you're playing, you mm-hmm. know, that would be in Henemakoji, uh, Tussie Mussy, you know, um, that button shy game that Elizabeth Hargrove came out with. But so it slows it down a little bit, but I really liked it. The good and negative, and then I'll be finished, is in if you've played It's a Wonderful World, there's these blue guys and these red gals that you can get that are going to give you points based on, they're, I think, worth one point apiece at, at the end of the game, but also. You have cards that may say you also get an additional point for every red um, lady that you have at the uh, at the end of the round or end of the game. Excuse me. Um, here you have these battle tokens, and unless we got you know the enforcer didn't teach the game right, it was those battle tokens were almost didn't even use them in the base standard game. I think there were like we counted four or five cards that used to build with them, and so we were like we stopped the game after one round and said. These battle. Who cares about these tokens? Like you might not even get the cards. And then we went and in the box there are four mod, three modules I think, where those battle tokens become incredibly important and wildly fun. Like you can go on quests. You can get advisors. Where like I had one where I could for the whole game you keep the advisor in your tableau and I could trade in I think three battle tokens or five battle tokens to get three crystallium, which are wild. Uh, resources so and you can get many of those uh, advisors as you want like as you're drafting over the course of the game and so it was kind of like disappointing like oh my gosh if you just play the base game again maybe we got something wrong it seems so boring but as soon as you add a module it becomes wildly exciting and with the modules this was fantastic and I cannot wait to buy this I know that was kind of long, but I know there's people out there that are interested in this game. Yeah, well, I'm one of them, really John, good. because again, because of the fact that I didn't love "It's a Wonderful," um, "It's a Wonderful World" at two, and and I, I, you liked it better. I just I had some issues with it that I think were more of me than they were the game itself. I'm interested in this because of how excited you are about it, but also because. The that idea of flipping over a card for I split you choose sounds more interesting than normal I split. Yeah, you it was choose. it was really interesting. And even though you're not going to do that every time, I, I think that's that's a pretty interesting mechanism in it. 
my hang up is I split you choose can be kind of hit or miss for me depending mm-hmm. on the game. I, I really enjoy it in some games, even simple games like uh, Animal. Ugh, what is that game called? And anyway, there's a game that's like based on like Noah's Ark, I think, where you're putting animals on the ark or something like that, and it's I split you choose. But then there's some, and I'm just like, mm, it's not really, it's not really my favorite mm. piece. But the fact that you guys, I, Jonathan, liked this one as well. Is that? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm had, intrigued I think by he this had one. Some I of think. the same feelings that I had. I'm, I'll look here and see if he's got some ratings on here, because um, I think he wrote about. What's, what's your initial them. thought on this one? Do you think? I mean, like your initial rating. Uh, eightish. Eightish. Okay. I think it's a wonderful kingdom is an eight, maybe an eight and a half. Uh, a wonderful world, excuse me. Um, I might like this better, but I just I gotta play it more, you know. Um, the the eye cut you choose was a fun, clever mechanic, but I was, you know, I like one of the reasons I like drafting games is because they're so fast and everyone's playing at the same time and mm-hmm. all these things. And there was just a, there was a little bit more downtime, um, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, 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 but the the idea of having those special those modules that really changed the game up and all that kind of stuff was, was 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 really really cool. I, I don't I, always I, love the the drafting like normal drafting for a two player, mm-hmm. and that's why this does sound so much more appealing to me. Um, and yeah. your hype on it, but I, I'm interested to check this one out. I think it will be one that we will review at some point. There you Hopefully, go. do you know when that one's releasing? That, I was trying to find out. I don't know. Hopefully I the beginning. Know. It says 2022, so maybe maybe quarter one. That would be nice. Oh, that would be excellent. Uh, it's an instant buy for me. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, throughout the course of this whole episode, don't take our ratings as what we would actually rate them. Like we got we play games more way more than one time when yeah. we do actual full on reviews, but they're just kind of placeholders. So I mean, I could get it and go, meh. I don't like, but I could also get it and say, oh, "Here goes my qualifier." Yeah, <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> but right now, it's a solid, um, definitely instant buy. If you, if you, I mean, it's a two-player game. Don't forget that. Don't buy it and think that you can play it with four because yeah. you can't. Yeah, I quite. I mean, I, I enjoyed the the initial one, so I, I'm I'm intrigued to try this one out. So while you were doing that, Darren and I were off gallivanting, as you said. I think is that the word you used? Gallivanting? Yeah. Did you say? I, I had. I better be quiet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went over there was a game that i had seen called faza this was a game that i saw the we saw the art the day before and thought oh wow this game i looks think i really went over cool. to you and said dean you got to come check out what this that looks might like. be the case yeah because i saw not only the art on the box which is just brilliant like cartoonish or uh, comic book style i saw the pieces on the table yeah and how some of them were standing up and dean can talk about it but i was like <laughs> you know hey uh-oh here we go here's anything that's protruding from a flat board, <laughs> Dean is like, oh, yeah. That is, that's a pretty that's accurate pretty description accurate. of me, actually. I'm pretty shallow when it comes to that. Remember whenever we were talking about Witchstone, you're like, if there was just a giant <laughs> crystal in the middle, this would go up half a point, probably. <laughs> you are absolutely right. So in this game, it's a cooperative game where it's called F-A-Z-A, by the way. You are, you are trying to defeat these three motherships that are coming to take over earth i'm assuming is where you're at i think that's right it's kind of, it has this um uh what's that video game that that kids these days like the uh post-apocalyptic one um i don't even know what you're talking about i'm oh kind of out of it on video games my it'll kids come are... to me i've never played it but anyway it's it's has those vibes of like the art style and like the theme of where you're at but anyway these these alien motherships have come in you're trying to destroy all three of those and that's how you win the game 
and you are going around with your drones, or with your rebels, and these drones are kind of blocking spots. So you have to destroy those to get to the mothership. Um, and you're working really well together. And each player has these these factions that are asymmetrical. And so, like, my my faction might help me move better. Your faction might be better at attacking. But you have four cards. Those four cards are action cards, but they're also your health. And so if you get a, if you get hit, you flip one of those cards over, and it's a lesser action. Is that right? It is lesser, yes. And it, it's a worse action than what was there before, and you also are going down in your health. I I thought this was, was pretty cool. Now, he sold it to us as a... Like if you don't like if, if you don't like Ameritrash games, he said you will not like this game. Gotcha. And, and he gives that caveat at the very beginning of the game. I thought he was selling himself short because the big part is when you attack the motherships, it is deterministic. Like you know that you're going to you have everything that you need. You're going to attack it and you're going to hit it for one value. It's got a die that keeps up with with its health at the top of each of the motherships. Okay, the only thing you're rolling dice for that I remember are attacking those drones that get in the way. But there's ways to mitigate that with the actions that you have. So, like, mm. I might, since, John, you're the attacker, I might hope that you move in there. We're, we're going to talk about it. I might ha- say, hey, John, you really need to move in there and attack these drones. And you hit on a four, I think it was, when you roll your dice. But if you are using a weapon, you get to add one to the, your dice rolls. And so, like, the likelihood of you getting that is is higher. And you can add more and more stuff to make it better. But you're also you know, using up those actions that you might okay. want to use later on. And then, then they have their phase where they go around and attack and destroy things. Now he played us in hard mode and it whipped us, right? <laughs> I mean, it just, it beat us down in one round, but that was because that was the purpose, right? He was just showing us a demo of it. Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is it beatable in hard mode? Uh, you'd have to be lucky. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't, that kind of, that kind of bothers me in games. Well, it doesn't for me if it's like we have this easy mode, normal mode, another mode, and then like this impossible mode. Like that mode doesn't need to be there, but it is, and that's that's fine with me. Yeah, it's it's it, that's a obviously a personal preference type of thing, but like that's in when it comes to you know Forbidden Desert or Pandemic or any of these games. Whenever I play any those co ops that kind of have this almost impossible mode, I'm just like, ugh. I did, like the ones where it's you're right, you're just gonna have to get lucky to win it. That is just not my thing. Yeah. Now, this game has been out since 2020. This is a self-published Kickstarter uh, by Benjamin Faramond. I, I may have said that wrong. I apologize. But it came out in 2020. I'd never heard of this game before, but I went back and watched reviews, and it got quite a few reviews. There were negative reviews that I saw, and it, this is a 7.6 on on Board Game Geek. Which That's really is, good. Is really good, Yeah. But the negatives that I saw had to do with these event cards that flip over that can be really swingy. I, I didn't see enough of that to know if that was something that I would hate as well. I, sometimes I cannot care for that in games. Mm-hmm. I might not care in this type of game. I would just have to see more of those cards. But what I, what he did say is that there's some things online that let you uh, kind of official variant type things like remove this card or whatever. Like you, you can hone that in so that it's a more not swingy experience but i didn't experience much of that swing because we just didn't play very much of it but the gameplay itself like the core mechanism of you having four cards that you're able to use these for taking the actions and they're less if you get damaged or whatever i really like that i thought that was a lot of fun and everyone it it was a good like we were working together as a team all really well 
I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I, I would like to check this out more at some point in the future. We'll have to see if that is going to happen. But that was Faza. Yeah, I actually wanted to play this. I, I don't think it really sounds like it's going to be one of my jams, but I still like was intrigued enough to say I want to play. So. You might feel the same way that I do. The the event cards might be the swingy thing. I don't think you would mind the dice rolls in this one, John. Yeah, I mean, there's yep. Yeah, okay, I'm good. Yeah, let's play it. So then you, you guys played another game that I've been wanting to play. I'm excited to hear you talk about yeah, this. Yeah. So we were. I think Dean was still playing one of the games, uh, the one that he was just talking about, or another one he'll talk about next. Um, and Jonathan, where I didn't know how much time we had, and we're just walking through the hall, and all of a sudden I see Micro Macro Crime City Full House, the new one. And I kind of turn to him and go, hey, uh, shouldn't we play a Spiel des Jahres winner? Like, right? Like, it's right it's there. what you do. And I can learn it fast. And he's like, yeah, sure, let's play it. And... In micro macro, if you both of them, they have these this giant map, and this giant map has a lot of little detail on it. So much so that they give you a magnifying glass, um, but you don't have to have it. We didn't use a magnifying. I was glass. about to ask so you. Didn't yeah, use it so at all. I mean, depending on your eyesight, I would say like for hours, I had to kind of get close and look. But it was there's one magnifying glass, Dean, and there can be a ton of people playing. Like huh. I thought that was weird. Like you know, and maybe. Maybe some people stole the other ones. I don't think so. Is it one of the card magnifying yeah, glasses? Yeah, it's a card. Okay. So those aren't the best magnifying glasses, in my opinion. And on top of that, like, it's just like, well, why do you get it? Like, because you can play a bunch of players at the same time. But in this game, basically, you're going to have these cards, and I don't want to spoil it. But there's like, I'll just kind of walk through a little bit of an intro game, but I won't tell you how to solve it because it's just trying to teach you how to play the game. But it's going to say, like, uh, Ferdinand, Fernando, I can't remember who it was, lost his hat. And it's going to give you like an area that he's on the north. I don't remember what this is at all. So this is totally made up. But like this, he's in the north uh, west area of the map next to the train station or something like that. And so it's well, where's Waldo, right? Like you're going around, you're saying, okay, well, where is that at? Okay, this is in the northwest part of the map. Oh, I see the train line. Okay. And then, you know, Jonathan and I are staring at it, trying to figure out where is this guy? Where is he? Where is he? There he is. We found him. And, and then we say, okay, there he is. And so whoever is the investigator, the lead investigator, the, the group goes, okay, this is what we think it is. And then I, as a lead investigator, look, and it tells me it's at E7 because it has a grid, you know, on, this, on the sides. And so I go, yep, that's it. We got it. And then it gives something else that happens. And it goes, he lost his hat, you know, um, on his way to the soccer football match or something like that. And so you're scanning and looking for a foot, you know, a football match and go, where is that? Oh, Oh, there he is. There he is. And then like, as the game progresses, you're trying to solve the crime. What happened to his hat? Who took his hat? And you see a little picture. Oh, look over there. I think this person took his hat. And if you don't get it right, the elite investigators out, right? So you slowly get less guesses, but it's more, and it, it goes back to people talking about just one, or we mentioned so clover. It feels more like an activity than a game mm-hmm. board. Like it's a okay a, a, a puzzle together. You know, an activity together is like a, any kind of a comp, competing game because not it's you're all playing together. But uh, Dean, John and I, Jonathan and I, instantly bought it. Both of us. So these medium and Jonathan's more medium heavy Euro guys went. I'm going to buy this game. And I was, I'm going to be real. When it won the Spiel des Jahres, I was kind of like, really? And I never played it. I'm not saying I totally disagree with my old self going, really? Because I question, is it a game or an activity? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I still would, would have not given it that. 
but I thought this will be a blast for my family to play. Like we are like it's where's Waldo and where's Waldo for uh, adults and for kids or whatever. Now some of the verses have some um, not kid friendly content from my understanding. I didn't notice any on this. Um, there may be though. Um, it's 12 plus it says on the box. So, you know, so th I did see like a, someone dragging another person. It's kind of cartoonish, but maybe something that you might. So I'm not, if you've got kids, definitely look at it before you choose to buy this. Um, but it was so fun and I, Dean would love it. I'm, I, I had a great time playing it. Um, so macro, ma micro, macro crime city. There you go. I'm going to pick this one up for sure. Yeah. At some point, I, the full house version is, is, uh, available too. I think that's a. That's the one I bought. The more that's the more family friendly one. That's right. I don't know. That's what I was thinking potentially, I and think that's I, could, what I got it said. easier. So I just picked it up and got it for Christmas gotcha. for my kids. That my kids don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty interested by this. I, I would say, uh, so a game is a form of play or sport, especially a competitive one played according to the rules and decided by skill, strength, or luck. You do have a winner. Like you do win this game, right, or lose this game. You solve the case. Yeah. So this is a this is a game, yeah. Okay, yep. <laughs> Just kidding. I know, I know what you no, mean. No, no. I mean I, I totally when I when I said that, that, I'm I'm I'm, I'm that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, maybe the most appropriate more appropriate thing is is it a board game or not? Then is it a game? Right. Because anything can almost can be a game. So yeah. I, I don't know if it's a board game, but I it doesn't matter. Like I don't care. It was fun, and I would super recommend it. If you're a heavy or medium weight or something Euro player and you don't like those light games or you're like, ah, oh, just one's just kind of like a, you know, then you you probably won't like this game. Yeah. But if you want something light and easy and you can teach someone how to play in like 30 seconds and just jump into a game and have a bunch of people around a table trying to figure out something, you're going to like it. I've heard, I've heard a lot of positive things on this one and, and kind of have the same feelings as you guys. Like, I don't know about this, but the idea sounds really... It's fun. It sounds fun. I'm inter interested to try this one out. It's rated really high. 7.8, the new one on BGG. So more than likely, we were actually probably playing Faza while you guys were playing that because I remember when we walked in, I the, think so, yeah. when we walked in the hall at, at that Saturday morning, Darren and I beelined over to the Restoration Games booth <laughs> because we both wanted to play a couple games. I've been wanting to try... The Return to Dark, Dark Tower, which is a Kickstarter that I had back that's, you know, going to be here in the next month or two or three. You talked about that one a lot, Dean. I kind of got tired of hearing you talking about that I one. I know. It was just, there was too many people over there and they only had one copy because it's, but it was beautiful. It was so nice seeing that copy of the game. But they also had Thunder Road Vendetta, which is going to Kickstarter in January. So that's not, this one's not going to be available until 2023. But they started Kickstarter and then decided to hold off on it and they re they're relaunching it. I had the original version of Thunder Road, so I was kind of intrigued by that aspect of it. You know, restoration games, they take old games and they make them better, essentially. Fireball Island and uh, Unmatched and lots of other games that they've done that for. And the cool thing about this one is that the Rob Davio taught us this game, which is, I was fanboying a little there bit inside. Go. I didn't freak out externally, but internally... <laughs> I was I was a little excited. A little, little excited. There Rob Davio did Pandemic Legacy. Has done all of these different versions of these games, including the you know all these these restored games. But he's worked on in the industry for decades on versions of Monopoly and Queen's Gambit and like all these games that you know are really popular. Anyway, Thunder Road Vendetta. You have your vehicles. 
this is Mad Max the board game. You are driving around your vehicles and you're trying to destroy the other ones. And basically, as you're going along the road... Wow, so if you're someone that doesn't like hurting other people and stuff like that you're this is oh, not a game for you this is and he <laughs> my wife would not like this game then right no <laughs> this game is about destroying each other and it is straight up it makes no qualms about it being a a mary thrash game i mean it is what it is but you're going around you're trying to destroy the <laughs> other cars and the board is kind of like leapfrogging itself as so you you could go on forever the way that you win okay. is once somebody has their car to a car destroyed then you can make it to the end of the map. And if you do, you win. I believe that's okay. right. All right. So you roll dice and you're going to place those dice in on the different cars to determine, I want this car to go two spaces. I want this one to go six spaces. There's bonuses if you stay on the path that you're on and you get to go this uh, bonus space of whatever that die is that you roll. If I hit you, John, then whatever, you're going to roll dice to see what happens to those cars. But if you're if I'm the bigger car and I go up and I ram you, and I roll those dice and it says my car flips backwards and I'm going, you know, a space behind you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the bigger car, so I can re-roll. And so, like, there is some mitigation with that. You okay. don't want to go in your with your tiny car trying to ram this gigantic car. Because they can roll again. That's right. You'll be able to shoot each other. You, you can pull in a helicopter and that helicopter can shoot into the spaces ahead of it. And it's just, and you're rolling dice for, to hit those spots. Now, the game itself is pretty, it's pretty simple, but when he was talking through the expansion stuff that's going to be available with it, it adds more and more and more that I think would actually be a, a really fun game. I enjoyed the okay. game for what it was. I had a blast with it. He said we was we we had the bloodiest demo of of the weekend wow. at that point. That's we, a that's an accomplishment. We were destroying cars all over the place. I mean, it was it was nuts. So, so the game actually would have ended pretty quickly. It's just forty five to seventy five minutes. We probably could have ended the game in about thirty to forty minutes. I mean, okay. it, just because we were we had met that condition of destroying another car. We had a lot of fun with it. I'm excited to so, see what the so where are you kind of at on this like. Like, will I back it is the question. That, that's yeah, really where, what it where, comes down to. Yeah, would you to. back it? Or or you could even give, like, a, top, a you know a placeholder rating. I'm just trying to kind of feel, like, where you... I, I'd say probably in the, like, seven-ish range, something okay. like that. Fun the, activity for what it is. Nothing that you're going to go crazy about. Uh-huh. I would pick this up if I think my boys would enjoy it. I really okay. want to check out the... Kick. Darren's going to back this. He had a lot of fun with this. Okay. Um, it, we both... All of us had a ton of fun with it. It's just I don't know if I want to back it because it's it's probably going to be a pretty big kickstarter okay if my boys would would play it and i I think we would have fun with it and i like the expansion stuff that it offers and what he was telling us i did like i liked it a lot i'm intrigued and i'll check out the kickstarter we'll we'll make that decision whenever that comes up sweet there you go thunder road vendetta look for that one coming out from restoration games all right well that evening right when i'm I'm not skipping anything you are that afternoon Okay, so we met bad. up with with our friends uh, Steve O'Rourke and Jay Bell. Oh, okay. We well, there was another thing that was there, but we can't talk about it. That's we'll right. have plenty of time to talk about it when it comes out. Dean is incredibly excited over the about, moon. Over, about the, it. Moon. over um, the moon, yeah. And it was it was really I, I enjoyed it for sure. But we'll talk about that here in a few months, probably. But we also got to meet up with we we're meeting up with Steve O'Rourke and Jay Bell, who is a, a designer. Uh, Steve O'Rourke is. You, I'm probably heard his name if you listen to other podcasts. The Name Father, he gets a lot of mentions on uh, uh, Dukes of Dice and, and some other places. 
so we have a lot of interaction online. I talked to those guys quite a bit, and we were really excited to meet up with them and, and grab dinner with them. Uh, John was At super the Banana pumped. Leaf Malaysian restaurant. That's that was right. very good. The food was fantastic. Yeah, Before good. we went to eat, I, I, you were playing something or doing something. I, I think you had to go run and do something real fast. No. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people ex- think that I'm extremely extroverted because oh, I am loud. That's right. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I do have some of that in me for sure. But no, I just had to get away from everybody. There's 10,000 people here. I'm sleeping in the same room with three other guys. Like, I love all the guys. I have no problems with any of them. But, like, I was just like, I need a 30-minute – it was a 30-minute break to go back to the hotel and just relax by myself for a few minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I was doing. So while you were doing that, I was able to play a game that they had been working on together. Jay Bell's designed several games Steve, I believe, is just the first one he is working on. And this they don't have a publisher on this one, but they said, hey, it's totally fine for me to talk about it. The The working name that they have right now is Every Trick in the Book, which is, I'm guessing Steve named that one because that's what he does. It's a clever he, name. He's really clever at stuff like that. In this game, you are it's a trick-taking word game. I love trick-taking games. And, John, you might not know this about me, but I really, really enjoy word games as well. And I know that you liked word games. So you are you are deciding you have these cards in your hand and you can get rid of them. So there's like this this luck mitigation piece where if you don't like the cards in your hand, you can, you know, discard and, and draw back up. But you decide when you're drawing cards, do I want to take from the vowel stack or do I want to take from the consonant stack? And what you're gonna do is you're gonna play trick taking style. If if John leads with a an F, and this is an F of diamonds then I have to follow suit on that. And if I can't, I can open it up, and then at that point, anyone can play whatever card. But when you get four, maybe I shouldn't have started with F since I'm going to say that you have to make a four-letter word to start off. Wow. Yeah, maybe not F. We'll say uh, P, all right? Okay, P is much better. (laughs) So I put a P down there. You put put an O down there, and Steve puts an O down there. and then You put a P down there? There we go. That's, I mean... (laughs) Man, keep it classy, Dunning. Keep it classy. I don't know what you expect. Okay, now if I have that four four letter word and I've made a word and it's back around to my turn, and everyone else passes because they can't make anything else, I'm gonna win that trick. Okay, but what can happen is if uh, if you can make a word, then you're gonna play another letter on there and say, no, I'm making this word. Poops. Okay. And then it keeps going around until you until nobody else can make a word, and then whoever won that one, whoever placed that flushed. last card, is going to win that trick. And then with the cards that you have in your hand, so it's not like you're just, you know, you can't do anything at that sure. point. You have all these cards in your hand. If you can form a word with those, you spell those out, and then you're going to get the points. Each card has point value. As you can imagine, Zs and Qs have a lot more points than like an A. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and that's it. You play through, I think we played four five rounds of that uh, five tricks once somebody wins five tricks i think is what it was that will determine who the winner is this game was up my alley because of those things the trick taking piece and the word spelling piece i was a little nervous at first like oh we're not gonna be able to spell anything but then we spelled oh goodness what was the word that we spelled do you remember we talked about it forever. I'm, I'm trying to think in my uh yes you spelled bustling bustling and then someone g j or J no it was J J had an he S. said bus bus bustlings bustlings or was that Steve one of them said bus bustling Lee or something like that like just trying to add like something else and then another one was like well let's just, oh that's right yeah and I think maybe Stephen was bustlings and we looked it up it's not a word yet 
yet. But why would you not just create a quick Wikipedia entry and say, well, look at there, bustlings. <laughs> and so that was, a little, that was a little inside joke when we walked about Philly and th- talked of all the bustlings. All the hustlings on. and bustlings <laughs> of, of Philly during the Christmas season. Uh, I ended up winning because I was the one who did spell bustling and did not allow bustlings. We think we all voted that that and looked it up. Said oh, maybe this wasn't wouldn't work. Somebody who's a linguist out there might say no. That's absolutely a word. And Steve or Jay, whoever did that shit, I think it actually was Jay because I think it was between me and Jay of who was going to win that game based on that word. Yeah, I got a lot of points for that word. This was a cool game. Now again, they're they're really kind of working through this. There's some things that that aren't going to be final, and and we were playing on pieces of paper that were printed out. But I had a lot of fun with this one. We were laughing a lot. And if you like word games, I, I love that idea. So I'm pumped to see what they come up with with this one and, and you know who picks this up. And, and hopefully somebody will pick this one up because I think it was definitely there worth checking out. They let there us talk go. about it, which we're very thankful that they, they let us you know talk about that. But look forward to that in the future. And also check out other Jay Bell games. He's got some really cool stuff going on. We had a lot of fun with them. Went to go eat dinner with them afterwards hung out and just shot the breeze with them for for a long time, right? Yeah, I that mean, was that, a great time. That was one of my highlights of the weekend, just oh, hanging out with them. They were, they were a blast. Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, I ended up downloading Shards of Infinity, which I'm not going to talk about on this. Maybe I'll talk about it in the future. And Jay and I have played a game. We're in the middle of our second game right now. Jonathan bought Shards of Infinity after trying it in the Exhibitor Hall. They wouldn't let me play with them it's, on the It's airplane. a fun game, that's all I'll say, but we'll talk about it later. All right. There's too many games. We're, this is a oh, we gotta move episode. to. We've only got two more, I think, right? Nope. Three more. So, yeah. So uh, that night we played Zapotec, a game. So there's oh, a couple oh, There's right, a couple yeah. games that, like one that Dean, uh, Seeds of Rundar was one that I was like, dude, if you won't, if you mention Seeds of Rundar one more time. I'm coming up out of whatever I am. I was annoying myself, but I didn't care. And I, I was saying it. the same thing about Zapotec because it's a Fabio Lopiano game, which he did uh, Merv recently, uh, The Heart of the Silk Road. He also did Ragusa. He also did um, what Camellia or whatever that game is. So he's done some games. I, I've uh, it's probably I just probably missed Kalimala. Kalimala, that's what it is. I can't, I just can't remember because I never played it. Um, but I liked Ragusa and I also uh, really enjoyed. Um, Merv, they're just kind of like midweight, good, you know, solid Euro games. Uh, in Zapotec, Dean, you're you have some cards that we're playing, right? You're gonna help me remember everything that's taking place here. You're all gonna be playing a card that's going to let you build into a certain area, but also depending on what number it is, you're going to the lowest person gets to go first. Is that right? That's right. Okay, I believe that's right. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I'm trying. I mean, we uh-huh. played this one time. Um, and there's several sections of the board that you have some things going on. You're going to be building in three different sections. And as the game is progressing, there's cards at the end of each round that are going to say, hey, for every one you have in this type of terrain or section, because there's three sections, but there's also three types of terrain. So there are going to be sometimes that say, if you're next to this idol, however, whoever has the most, or you score two points per thing you have next to that. But it could also say uh, you score two points per things that's in like the forest jungle area which you could have some in this section of the board and another, another section of the board. Anyway, uh, to make a long story short, um, you're going to be doing that. You also have these pyramids that you're building that can score you points that are in the in the middle of the board. And then there's a track on the right-hand side of the board that you're going to be able to kind of go up and you'll be getting bonuses as the, as the game goes on. And you do score in-game points based on who's highest on that track. Um, what do you think about it, Dean? I didn't love it. I, yeah. But the thing is, 
I, I didn't have much expectations. I knew that this wasn't really my style of a game. Like the, the theme is, is not really there, which I don't always have to have theme, but I just went into this not super excited. I was excited to play because I knew that you guys wanted to play it. And, you know, that was that was the thing. And I thought, well, you know, if I go with low expectations, I might be surprised. Yeah. It just wasn't very interesting for me and the game style that I have. Now, uh, somebody, uh, Jonathan in the video that we did said he felt like the moves were scripted, which I totally disagree with that. I, because I feel like this game probably would be In your face, Jonathan. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't... Moves weren't scripted. There was tons of stuff to do. It's just it wasn't... Like the things that you could do weren't very interesting for somebody like yeah. me, but I feel like this game probably would benefit from playing it a lot more and discovering the different strategies so. that you can take. I think, right? Like, it's one of those games where you cannot do everything. You you it really ends very quickly. I mean, it's only an hour game, but you feel like you're going to have a lot more time. There's just not a whole lot of things that you can do. So you really need to focus on either building up in the temple or, you know, the, the, the objective cards. Things, There's yeah. lots of things that you should focus temple. on. But I think you should definitely focus on something. And there's a tactical nature of when to play the card, of when to play your building so that you can score those end of the round points and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed his other games for sure. This is a little bit lighter than some of the other ones. Now, I've heard some positive things that people are liking this saying, that it feels more like a tea game, you know, Taya to Wakan, Zulkin, whatever, but lighter. Like, this is weighted at 2.75. So people, I think, that are liking this are saying, I love that I can have a game that I can play with anybody, or, you know, not anybody, but people who don't play heavy games that feels like these this tea series. I, I want to play it again, but I was incredibly disappointed with this game. I just, it felt... I don't know, Dean. Like I, some of the things I like, I usually like when games like end kind of abruptly, and you feel like you weren't able to accomplish all that you wanted. And but this time I didn't like that. Um, I did the best part of it. I think was the card playing, and then you have this little thing where you're going to get these. Whenever you build a building, you're going to get a little token, and you're going to put it onto this grid on your board, right? And then whenever you play your card, not only do you get to build an area, I forgot about this, but you also set off a, a row or a column. And usually you can pick between one or the other. Like there's more than one choice. And so you might, if you, as you're building, you're building an engine that like, oh, wow, now that I set this, I'm going to get a, you know, a brick because of my card says a brick, but also set off this brick row here. And that's going to get me, you know, some coins and it's going to get me this or that. But it. It never, like, there's a lot of spots spots open. There's nine spots, right? And you play five rounds. And so, I, I don't, it just felt. You I, felt like it didn't feel my, tight? Is that what you're saying by that? Or I, I just wanted, if there's going to be engine building, I want a little more or something I felt okay. like. I, you know, I, I, I can't totally tell you. I put my finger, I just thought that the decisions weren't that interesting. And I didn't like how you had these, you know, only like three areas kind of that you're doing some stuff and. And you have to focus heavy on. I don't know what it was, but when it just in the whole package, I just was kind of like real meh. And this is a board and dice game, and I love what board and dice puts out. Generally speaking, I, I want to play it again because I'm 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 hoping I'm going. I love I like Fabio. Like I like what he's putting out. Maybe we missed something. Maybe the teacher didn't teach us right on us. I don't think oh, so. Oh, no, he did an excellent job. I, I thought I he think. did a great job. I'm trying to give a reason, but right now I'm at like a five on this game. Like, 
it was just so meh. And I just, it's like, it, we had we had this quick discussion of, like, it was so disappointing for me. I really hope, I'm not piling on. I think some people are going to like this game. That I don't want to play it again. And yet, I feel like I must be missing something, so I need to play it again. But I think Jonathan made mention of, there's so many games out there, if it doesn't, or did you say this? That, I think we all have yeah, that same sentiment. It was sentiment like, there's so sure. many board games out there. If it doesn't, something doesn't grab you, why give it another chance? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, I can just go play something else. And I was like really wanting to review this for the podcast. And now I just don't care to. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was even probably less on that, but I don't think that's a big surprise coming from me. I, I do get that. We do feel that way. You know, there are so many games out there. Why would you do that? But then there are games like Brian Boru where we're like, we felt that way but we want to go back and play it. But you we're know? thinking, yeah, we're thinking about it. You know, we're, we're uh-huh. thinking about it. We're trying to, we're like, oh yeah, maybe I could do this different or that different or whatever. And this one, I'm just like, nope. Yeah. I don't want to play it again. Un- except for just to see if we screwed something up or I'm missing something. But I just, I, it was going to be an instant buy and I just, it's not now. Yeah, so we went from there, we went back to the room and played some Lavinia, which is a game from Devere Games. And this is a game where it's it's similar to like a Takedo or a, uh, what was the other game that we compared it to? It's it's a game where you're like moving along the road. It feels very relaxed and you're... you're Takedo. Yeah, there's another one like that. I'm just, it's not coming to me. Uh, oh, oh, a Paradise Lost, one that I reviewed last oh. year, I think it was. And basically you, you are picking up these... Uh, grapes and then you are turning those grapes into wine at the end of the road so you're kind of jumping ahead of each other you want it's a race to be able to complete these cards faster Mm -hmm. than other people because sometimes those spots aren't going to be available as they fill up and you have these barrels that you start off with and you're getting rid of those barrels in those different locations and those are going to also give you victory points and those locations only have a certain amount of barrels that can go to them so you're racing to so to speak getting those and every round that they're not complete like that vineyard doesn't get the 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 wine that they want you add a point to it so there's a tactical piece to whoever puts the last one gets all those points yeah, yeah. and that's it that's that it's a pretty it's simple, simple game. game um what'd you what'd you think of this one john all right so you, you know were, you were pumped about this well one. I, I i pumped might not be the right word but i uh, i like everything that devere puts out and you know, for those who've listened, the winemaking is just a theme that I really like. I know I'm not huge into themes all the time, but themes can make games better than they were. Um, it was the decisions are, are, are fine. Like, you know, when you're going, and you're like, should I jump up and grab the, this card here? There's also tools that you can get. So maybe you'll get a card that has a lower value. <clears throat> you, you want higher value cards because you only have a certain amount of spots in your uh, basket. But that has a cool tool that might like next time you, you know, take cards you could you know take two in snake two there's also this mechanic where you can only take the card on top and there's one below it so whenever you take a card you might be revealing something dean really wants and so you have some of those tough decisions like i really want this cab card for four points but you know there's a um chardonnay for five underneath it and i know dean wants that so do i pass on this card i can't pass on this card so like it's just some fun little tough decisions like that and then i'll do like the tightness of the game how you only can have a certain amount in your basket. You start with uh, baskets that only hold two and three, but even in the game, you can't even buy that many of those baskets. And it's a short and it's a quick game. I think it's a very, I had a fun time playing it. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't wine based, 
then I would probably, I would definitely have had a less fun time playing it. You know what I mean? Like, but what, what, why it fits into my collection and I'm not getting rid of it. And we're going to, I'll do a full on video review of this is that I, again, I love the theme and it's a small box and it doesn't take up a ton of space. So my wife and I like go out to, you know, um, a vineyard somewhere we go visit. I'm bringing this game 100% and we're playing that. I can't bring viticulture. I mean, I could, but right. That's like, takes up a ton of space and this is something that my wife and I enjoy doing so if you like you know drinking wine going out and drinking wine and you this is the perfect game almost to bring are you going to be wowed by the strategy no are you going to be wowed by the gameplay I don't think so but it is fun and it's good you, you I think that is the target is somebody who's really uh you know really enjoys this this theme i think that's going to be your your biggest target it's interesting we, or if you like a, a if you kind of like lighter games maybe you're newer to the hobby and like that takedo like i really liked takedo when i first played it now i'm kind of like you know whatever sure but like that it might be something fun to let someone try it's a this one probably feels a little bit more stressful than Takedo because of the race to get to those barrels, yeah, but it's not be. a stressful game. This one's weight is a 2.25, and Takedo is a 1.75, which okay. I think is kind of interesting because I think they're probably more similar in weight than that, which is... I think so. Um, in, in fact, there's actually more going on in the set collection of Takedo, I would argue. But anyway, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one, had fun with it. It's Again, didn't wow me either, but I still thought it was... It was fun for what it was. I'm, I'm around to like a seven on it. Like I'm usually willing to play. It's kind of crazy because it's stupid BGG. I am going to suggest it, but it's going to be in such a specific scenario. Yeah. You know, like I'm probably not just like, I'm going to suggest it when I go out or if my wife and I want to stay at home and like the other night, just drink a glass of wine or two and play a winemaking game yeah. that I don't have to take forever to get out. Like I wouldn't say viticulture takes forever but just boom it's ready to go yep. I'll, I'll play it i mean it's gonna stay in my collection for a long time because of that yeah so that was the end of the night it was really late it was about i don't know pushing two o'clock by the time we got to bed that night and and then i said hey guys i'm going walking in the morning i'm gonna go oh yeah the rocky steps and if you want to come with me you can but if not i'm just gonna get up and go i'm not gonna wake anybody up but apparently i did wake john up because i was too loud or, or too something no, it's I, I'm a very light sleeper uh, in the morning and when I go to bed at night in particular. So, yeah, he woke me up and I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> and then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm only in Philly. Who knows? I mean, hopefully I go back plenty of times, but you never know in life. You never know. You got to so, take that opportunity. Plus this, it was cold and it hadn't really been cold the whole time. So I was intrigued by that, too. Well, I was laying in bed and I all of a sudden here. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'm dancing on the bed dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah let's let's go it's time to go <laughs> so we did we went we ran up the stairs had a lot of fun we walked quite a bit that morning it was fun I really enjoyed that John I, I thought that was a really good time oh, it was and, one of the highlights of the the trip just walking I mean Philly Sunday morning not a lot yeah, going on it was uh -huh. chill it was pretty good weather there's weren't that even I mean the car is out yeah and just to go there and there weren't like that many people, like there were people that were at the Rocky steps, but it wasn't like super crowded and absolutely. And Adin was probably rolling his eyes. Yes. I did turn eye of the tiger on my phone, put it in my pocket and listen to it as we <laughs> ran up the stairs. I, I would say you weren't the only one to have done that probably. Oh, I bet there's, That'd be my guess. Thousands, if not millions of people who may have gone up that listening to Eye of the Tiger. That day. <laughs> um, so anyway, we go back. We don't have much time because we're going to fly out. We've got time for one game all weekend. I'd been complaining about not getting to play Siege of Rundar. 
And then the skies <laughs> opened up. Here we go. Caesar Rundar. And the light that. shone down on the table because Siege of Rundar was available. We actually sat down to no, play No, we kind of we horned in on somebody else looking at the game. Oh, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, hey, guy, are you, do you have any friends? Are you playing this with somebody? <laughs> Which was actually perfect because we sat down to play Origins. I was kind of bummed because Jonathan was like, there's no tables. But we went and asked that guy, and he had just finished up reading the rule book or was finishing it up so he taught it to us he didn't know either so he had to you know go back and kind of re-read and then re-read ish kind of the rules to that game but I'll, I'll briefly go over what that game is so this is a, a Reiner Canizia game this was pretty high maybe one or two on my list I think two on my list of anticipated games of uh Essen coming out of Essen because it's Reiner Canizia and it's thematic so this is a tower defense a castle defense game where the orcs are coming in trying to steal your gold, and if they steal all of your gold, you're going to lose the game. You are deck building and playing cooperatively, and the interesting piece is you're going to you're going to have 12 cards in your hand. You're going to discard two cards that are not going to be played that round, and then you'll deal yourself five cards, and then you'll go around the table and get another five cards, and then pick those cards up, and you're you're doing that over and over again. And the interesting piece of the deck building part of this one is that you're doing this cooperatively. And so as we're gaining resources that we pick up along the way, we'll take those resources and put them on a specific card and say, we want to get this card, but you decide as a team who you want to pick up that card. And so anyone on their turn can pick it up or exactly. Or right. Dean says, I don't care what you guys want. I'm picking up the card. I'm take myself sacks of anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, you could do that. Right. And a smart team might say, John is going to be the one that's going to be really good at battle. I'll yeah. be the one that's doing a lot of digging. Cause what you're trying to do is dig your way out of, uh, out of this, the cave before the orcs come in and get you. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot. You have to dig, dig and dig and dig. And then have somebody else that's going around picking up resources and, and purchasing cards or whatever. That would be what a smart team would do in a three-player game, I think. That's right. I mean, there's there's kind of, like Dean just said, there's three things happening. There's, you know, digging out, fighting off the orcs and the trolls and all these things that come out, goblins or whatever, catapults, and then gathering resources to build cards. Yep. And so, for me, like, I'm not a huge... You know, I'm not a huge co-op guy. I mean, I like mostly because my wife hates co-op games, and I'm just going to be realized, so I don't get to play them very often. Um, but I thought that the way the deck building worked was really interesting and like stressful in a wonderful way. Of I'm trying to, oh, we we got to, we, dude, we got to dig some some of this rubble out. You know, like we have to. That's th- how we win the game. And yet these orcs are coming in on us, and they're no, oh, no. And yet, dude, we got to build our deck. Like if we don't get a more powerful deck. We're losing for sure. Yeah. And having to like work all those pieces out together, it was a really fun it was really fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this one too. It was not a letdown. This may have been my favorite game of the weekend, potentially. I'd have to really think about that. Tournament at Avalon was really good as well. But this one, it was everything that I hoped it would be. It did feel very thematic. Yeah. It felt very tense and it felt like I know that turning back like turning back the time, we would have done things very differently and planned things it's out true. very differently. But it, it the game felt relentless the whole time. Like we were constantly in catch up mode. And I think that was I enjoyed it. I, I really look forward to playing this one in the future. And it, it's, yeah. For me, Rana Canizia is the designer of the year based on this and Witchstone that I've played that, that were released that's a, this year. That is a, uh, that's an interesting statement right there. I, I'm a big Canizia fan. So that's kind of, that was my jam. You know, like, my, my jam is the wrong word. That is the reason why I wanted to play it. Yeah. Like, if I had seen that game and it wasn't Canizia, I would have probably just been like, eh. 
but I did want to play it. I mean, so much so to where Jonathan and Darren had or- Origins on the table, first builders, which I want to play that. We were about to play it. And I was just like, no, you know what? I, uh, I'm i going to go play Seeds of Rundar, which is, seems weird, and I'm glad. I, I've got it like maybe seven and a half right now after one play. Yeah. Um, I could see myself picking it up to play with my kids, you know, to play with my sons. My wife won't play it with me. But, I, I, you know, yeah. Not, it's not a very not blown away by it, but a solid, really solid game. Yeah, it's not it's not a heavy game, but the decision making of when to do what is is pretty prevalent in this game, which I I enjoy that, especially for a, a cooperative game. So I enjoyed it. Okay, now we're gonna kind of rapid fire. This has been a long episode, or maybe our longest one of our longest ones in a long time. We're gonna kind of rapid fire through some of these questions that we have, just so we can kind of talk about our experience in general. But I mm-hmm. want to throw one out there, John. We had a we had a challenge of how many people the over under of how many people oh, are going to no. come talk to us, and no. I, I think the over under was six. I think that I picked six, and and Dean said it would be seven or more. So Steve, who listens to the show, Steve O'Rourke, you can go back and listen to the last. He episode. said initially I said it was going to be a lot less, and then somehow we completely flipped, and I was saying more than six would come up to us. I don't even know how we did that. I think, but anyway, I can't remember. Did. I feel like I originally said five or more, and I'll I, and you think I don't know. Maybe you said I maybe said I'll, I'll take the over, and then when you thought about it more, you're like, no, no, no. We'll let's flip that around. It was your keen negotiation skills as well. I was. guess, and I took the under, you know, saying yes, yeah, six. I don't know if anyone's going to even see us. So no, I mean, you know, how many people listen to stuff? I mean, <laughs> see us on. I mean, those who are on podcasts may not even know what we look like. I yeah, mean, like, just to be real, like maybe you've looked it up, maybe you haven't. So YouTube, I guess you probably wouldn't know what we look like, you know, but besides that, I guess on the Instagrams and stuff that you might. Yep. But I won. So who won? Yep. I won. won. We had, we had several people come up and talk to us, which was, it felt good. And, and in future cons, please do that. Cause it yeah. really does. It, it means a lot to us to know that people actually care what we're doing. You yeah. know, like you can get... I don't know. You can get kind of in these ruts where you're like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. But when you have people that get excited about what you're doing, yeah. it gives you a little boost. For me, I, it did. I anyway. was surprised that, you know, more than seven people came up to us and said something like, hey, you the Meeple Town guys or whatever. Um, I did notice that the numbers really bumped up when Dean and I separated and people came to me individually. <laughs> And to me too, right? It's we true. had we both had people come up they to us like, during those times. Maybe us together is in our is intimidating. We are intimidating. I don't know. That may be the case. I, yeah. I, I'll say this too, which I'm really surprised that that many people came up to us thinking like it was with masks on, difficult to like. Yeah, uh, we were. I, I didn't. I had to double take more than one person. Like, hey, is that so and so? Because it, it's it's tough to see. And then on top of that, I also noticed that there's a lot of like there were some heavy hitters like that were walking through the man versus meeple people and stuff like that, that like I noticed people weren't really talking to him. And I'm like, are people, I'm going to, I'm teeing you up for maybe your, one of your favorite parts of the thing. Are people hesitant? Dean, are to, to come up to someone like, and say, Hey, are you the so-and-so folks? Uh, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Cause I could see, people I know are- in, in our hobby, there's a lot of, not everybody, but there's a lot of really introverted people and stuff. And that could be a big step for someone yep. to go, Hey, you're this. Cause I, I saw people that you would think a lot of people would be saying something to, and they weren't like, they were just kind of doing their own thing and people were doing their own thing. And, um, yeah, 
So this this does this, kinda, this played out. This does kind of tee up for what you're what you're about to say, which is funny because I think initially I think you think when when we got there the first night, got into our hotel, settled in, we had left, we came back, and Eric Lang, who is my favorite designer, mm-hmm. was in the in the lobby of our hotel, stayed in the same hotel, and I didn't go talk. And it wasn't. And I told him, like, go. It wasn't because I was nervous or anything like that. No. It was just, he was around a bunch of people. You don't want to bother people. And that's stuff. right. I, that's I, right. I get that. That's right. And so I think there's there's that element of that. But that's going to go to, for me, John, when I'm talking about my highlights, then I'll, I'll do that. I'm, okay. We're kind of jumping around these questions. Sorry. My highlight was the people that we got to see that sure. and meet some of that we have interaction with. I got to, you know, meet. Monique and Naveen that we've had some interaction with online. That was really cool. Mick and Starla got our picture taken with them and, and got to plays games. got to meet them. And it, yeah, that's right. Our family plays games. Um, Grant Before Lyons, who we had on the show, who's done an amazing Really enjoyed job. meeting Grant. Yeah, that was really cool. There was a lot of experiences like that that I was uh, I was excited about. I was really pumped about that. Got to meet uh, Suzanne Sheldon, who's uh, at the who was doing the restoration booth. And I, I really enjoyed talking to her. She was super nice, just yeah, super energetic. And um, there's a lot of people like that. We that got to meet Matt from um, Devere Games, and he was really cool. Uh, Steve Finn was really great to meet Steve. Stephen Bonacore, uh, yeah. Matthew Matthew Jude, um, the uh, Brothers Murph guys were were it's running true. a table of a, a thing that we went to for a, a minute, and that was that was cool. Yeah. Yep. I, I really enjoyed that piece. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the best part. People are people are why I play games. Yep. I mean, yes, I get to scratch my brain itch, but I enjoy spending time with people and having something to talk about instead of just watching TV or something like that. So I would say the same thing would be highlights for me. So, And I, maybe a second place would be me beating Steve and Jay at their own game. How about there that? There you go. In your faces. Well, uh, Jonathan, when Jonathan and I went away to play games together, he like destroyed me at every <laughs> game. And I was like, I actually kind of like was feeling like, should I even be doing this hobby? <laughs> Should I just cancel Meeple Town? Because obviously I suck at board games. But on the plane ride home, we played Shards of Infinity, and I won that. And it gave me a little moral boost after getting beat down like three games in a row. He told me like later that. that he let you win because he yeah, knew that he you probably did. That. I'm just kidding. He probably did. He's probably like, yeah, well. I, I, I think the only reason I won that is because I've played Ascension a lot. And there's some similarities, I think. But So you have written down here, you want to know what the big surprise Yeah, what's your big is? surprise? Wow, it's it's hard to say one big surprise because there was a couple of them. Uh, number, I'm just gonna say two big surprises. That is tournament at, at Avalon mm-hmm. and Micro Macro. Okay, really surprised by those games. Um, I loved It's a Wonderful Kingdom, but I was it wasn't surprised that I enjoyed that one. But those two, and, and to be frank, Siege of Rundar is right there too. But I just I I expected. Siege of Rundar because it was Kinesia to be a good game. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Micro Macro, I was really like. Ugh. And then I play. I'm like, this was this would be fun. And then again, tournament Avalon. I've looked at it several times, but having the right group of people like slaughtering each other with a trick taking game, that really was one of the maybe the gaming highlight of the whole thing for me. Even though I liked It's a Wonderful Kingdom, you know, probably better, and some of these other games, like just up in our room playing that, laughing and hooting and hollering, that was that could have. It's probably my favorite gaming moment that we had. Yeah, I would say Faza is probably the one. I had no idea that game even existed to see it, you know, and the beautiful display they had set up and all that was was cool. So I would say that's probably my my biggest surprise. Then you got your biggest, is there a disappointment, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Zapotec. I mean, that's I was really disappointed in that game, and I'm hoping that if I played it again, you know, something would change on that. But um, 
Yeah, I just didn't like it. I'd say Brian Boru for me, for me. That was one that I did expect to really enjoy. My hope is that eventually becomes my biggest surprise. There you go. Of how much it rose. Your, big, your biggest letdown is your biggest surprise. Your weak strength weaknesses <laughs> are your strengths. I work too hard. I care too much about my job. Michael Scott. Michael Scott. All right. Yep. There we go. What are Any, the other questions we got on know, here? You wrote, we already did highlight, and then you said, was there anything you're sad that you missed out on? Yes. Boone Lake. That was one that I really wanted to play. Um, they had one copy of that that stayed super busy the entire time. Yep. There's other games that I, like, I wouldn't have mind. I wanted to play Origins. Um, in retrospect, I wouldn't have mind playing Corrosion from Capstone. There's some games that I missed out, but Boone Lake was, the, was definitely the one that I was like, the reason I kept saying Zapotec because there was like four, three or four copies, and I thought we can actually play this. Yeah. I pretty much gave up on, you know, there's a game we forgot to mention. I'm going to stay here in a second. But I pretty much gave up on the idea that I would get to play Boone Lake. Uh, Caesar. Uh, from, oh, yeah, you guys. The people that, that did mm-hmm. Blitzkrieg have a new game called Caesar. Very tactical back and forth. Um, I, I, you know what? We were ending the episode. I might like it better than Blitzkrieg. Jonathan beat me in like five minutes. And I still really enjoyed it, so I can't wait to I can't wait to, to get that. Yeah, I I um I would say the ones that I was sad on missing out on. Oh, oh my goodness! I know I keep forgetting a ton of people. Our, along with highlights of people that we met, we finally got to meet Steve Finn, who we have a ton of interaction. I said with. Steve Finn. Were you not listening to me? Oh, I did not. Did you also say Matt from? You said Matt from. Uh, I said at Devere. the same time Matt from Devere and Steve Finn, and you were like I just didn't zoning. have them in my mind. My you bad. were zoning out. My bad. Yeah. I I didn't say that. So wow. Anyway, um, disappointments for me. I, <laughs> I don't remember anything you say. <laughs> some companies contact you if you're on the reviewer list. So contact you. Hey, do you want to come demo this? We weren't sure what to expect, so we didn't book a ton of things. One of the ones that I considered booking was Jurassic World: The Legacy of, ah, yeah. of Isla Nubler. Fun Nubler. Uh, Nubler. Nubler. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I regretted that immediately going into the hall and went over there and tried to set something up. But the only times that they had available were, were times that I wasn't able to do it. I was really bummed about that. I, I wish looking back that I would have been able to do that. And then I would say not being able to play the return of dark tower because it was constantly in use. Siege of Rundar almost made that list because three copies of that game were booked the entire weekend until that one slot in the beginning of Sunday morning. So anyway, I, I would say that those are the things that I, I'm sad that I, that I missed up uh, missed on. Um, two more things that I want to talk about, John. Food. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Food. There, so there was um, a market close by. That. Um, Reading Reading Terminal. Yeah, uh, Terminal. Reading Terminal. Terminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I was trying to think about that. Yeah. So Reading Terminal was fantastic. Like, uh, there's a version of something similar at Gen Con because I haven't gone to Gen Con, but I've gone to the convention center many times with jobs in the past. Um, but this was way better. Like it just it had more going on for sure. And there was all kinds of food there. Dean, there was we got Indian food the first night. I saw there was gumbo. There was meat was a big deal. Like get Philly cheesesteak, which mm-hmm. we did. Dean got a tofu version it was a tofu soy based something version of, of a cheesesteak there wheat, was wheat based I think um, was. a pennsylvania dutch place they were also the same people i think were hand rolling donuts i mean whatever you want almost it was like a kid in a food bakery store <laughs> <laughs> 
I wanted to eat everything. I could have camped out in that Dutch area. I had breakfast there. That was incredible. That actually might be my biggest regret is, hmm. is we, I was holding off on getting some things from the bakery until we left on Sunday morning, forgetting that they wouldn't be open. So I was bummed that I didn't get any of those amazing bake. I mean, we got some baked goods, but I was wanting to bring some stuff home to my family. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was sad about that, but that food was incredible all I, over that place. We, we could have, we did, we camped out there almost the entire that time. Diner like area we went to the last day. That Dean, was great. Dean, tell him what you got. I got a, a, a gingerbread waffle that had cream cheese, uh, peppermint cream cheese on top of it. That was unbelievable. Pretty stinking good. And yeah. I had a raspberry chocolate French toast. Mm-hmm. Also and good. And that was very good. And their uh, home fries, their potatoes were just really great. Yeah. Like it it's almost everything we ate was was really good. Absolutely. Uh, when we were there, I think that that Pennsylvania Dutch place might have been my favorite overall. Like they had a yep. That just I, there's a lot of other good places, but man, they had some hecka breakfast over there. Yep. I, I was I really sad men, I didn't go back there the second time. I think it was all ladies that were back there making the food. I bet their men are very fat. Probably not really because they ac- actually get outside and do stuff. If I lived there, I would be but very their fat. food was. Maybe they don't eat that heavy all the time, but I enjoyed it while it lasted. It was stinking good. But anyway. You, that's a must go to if you go to Philly. 100%. And you, really, you would go there, right? I don't know where else you would really go that's going to be that. Like, you can go in and out. There's tons of options. They know what they're doing there. Yep. All right. And then the last question, John, is is would you would you do this again? You know, we've talked about we want to go to Origins, Gen Con at some point. You know, long term, it would be great to go to Essen, maybe UK Game Expo. There's lots of okay. cool options out there. Would you do this one again? Yes. Yep. Hundred percent. Two reasons: the the reading, not reading, reading. Sorry, terminal and the first look area. Yep. The, the other stuff I could I could I can get seeing exhibitors other places. I can get, but like those two, and I don't know. I haven't gone to other ones, so I don't know. I'm sure other ones have similar areas, but because of that, like man, it was so nice to walk very shortly and get all these different food options and it's like a mall food court, but the food's actually good. Yep. And then having that first look area that you can just play so many new games coming out. What a blast. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, BGG con is around that time, which would be cool to go to. And I think both of them probably have that feel of this is the place to get games that came out of Essen, which is a big popular thing, or at least to, to test them, you know, to get the first look uh, plays of those. I, I liked it for that aspect. I thought that was really cool, but it's not like that's not what the con is. It's yeah. it's a lot more than just that. It is game playing. It is all of those things, anything that you want to do, not the super new releases, but the releases that are coming out of Essen, which I think was, was a big positive thing yep. for us. So we had a blast. I know that this was a really long episode and I make no apologies because we were just that excited about it and can't oh, yeah. wait to hopefully people, go back in the future. Yeah, and we always would like to hear feedback. Yep. You know, like if... We can't do this all the time, but maybe, maybe there are. Uh, I'm going to ask the question to Meeple Town followers: Would you prefer? I'm just curious. Would and, and oftentimes we do this because this is all we can play. But would you prefer one or two in depth, really in depth, um, which is what we normally do, right, Dean? Yeah. Um, reviews, or would you prefer four or five games that we talk about and give you our thoughts, and maybe we don't dive quite as deep the reason i say that is not because we would do that all the time but maybe we would do that a little more often if we got a lot of feedback that says i really like that style yeah i've heard some people say that they prefer to have something around like a 60 to 75 minute podcast which is why Mm -hmm. they like us we we kind of hover around for the most part that 75 80 minute podcast 
this one obviously is an exception, but I'd love to hear that as well. And yeah. and also, I would love to know where do you want us to go to a, a convention? You know, you is go. it like, hey, I'd love to hang out with you guys at a convention if you can come to this one, then that would be fantastic. Not that we're going to do that, but it might help make our decision of where we where we want to go. And and what are your favorites that would help us make that decision as well? Yeah. In the meantime, John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you're enjoying our channel, we would love for you to subscribe to our channel, put a little rating, you know, out there on the old interwebs. You can go to at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, patreon.com slash Meepletown to support what we're doing. And I'll, I'll throw a really quick plug. One of the games that we'll be doing very shortly is a game that Dean and I probably wouldn't have picked, but our Patreons that were in that right rank, uh, what is that called, Dean? <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Nailed it. In that, whatever, <laughs> that level, that's it. They were that level patron, picked the game, and so I went and bought it. Uh, so we really appreciate patrons that are helping us do things like that. Um, again, patreon.com slash meepletown. Or finally, not or, and finally, if you want to go to join our guild, go to guild 3407 on BGG. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Okay, John. We're closing okay. this out. We were just talking about food. Tell me your favorite thing that you ate over the oh, weekend. Oh, wow. That's a really tough question, you know? Um, oh, my gosh. There was so much good food. Hey, I'm going to mention something. I, for the first time ever, I had Pennsylvania Dutch Scrapple, which some people are going to be like, oh. But it's pork scraps and trimmings <laughs> mixed with cornmeal. And then at least my version was fried. So it's like really crispy on the outside and soft on the inside. It was pretty good. Like I definitely Oof. would eat it again. There's no doubt about it. Some pork scrap mush. How about that? But that wasn't my favorite thing. Might have been that a banana leaf restaurant. Oh, I, yeah. That I was just, really good. I really like um, – I don't know, Asian style food and like this was Malaysian and it was like the noodles that I got were fantastic. And, uh, there's that or that or, Hey, I said one. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite? You think of another one. I, no, 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 I'm fine. What was your I'd favorite? I'd have to narrow it down to, I think I, I'm going to go with the donuts that you talked about. The, the Dutch donut place or whatever. I got a, an apple fritter and an apple cider donut that were oh so good. So dude, good. Darren so played those down. Like we were sitting, were you there? Did you have part of his? Was that you or Jonathan? I I had, Jonathan bought a bunch of them and I had tried some of his. No, it was me and you, I think. Me, you and Darren, you, Darren and I were up top and he had, he was eating and he had like half of one left or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like they're good. They are good. They're not like the best. And then like, they're not the best, but they're solid. And I like, I eat them like, that's a pretty dang good donut. Yeah, they were excellent. It was good.